All right, here we are. Now I'll just put it to public. Should I should I tag you on Facebook? Yeah, if you want to. Steven doesn't yeah, are have you, Facebook. Are you able to be tagged? Me, I, I don't have Facebook, so we'll, you will not find me. But me, Chiara, yes. yes. So, Chiara, the name, and Persiani. Persiani? Yes, yes Picconi. Persiani. P I R S T Let's just let's just do it like this. So I've written Chiara. I put Voila. Persiani. And Steven, you are I on don't, time. I didn't know. Okay. Okay, so we're, here we are. Let's put this. Um, so the first comments, uh, IHVA0 writes, uh, what an office. Yeah, sure, what an office. VNKRC uh, writes, sad. All right, whatever. <laughs> Kliptos writes that the security police is watching us. All right. Okay. SDSSS writes, Sveiki. 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 Uh, what, what, I guess in France would be what the bazaar. What about? No, what a bazaar. What the bazaar? Bazaar, like a bazaar. chaos, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway. Okay. Let's just, let's just start. Cool. Yeah, and, and we are in the frame. Very good, very good. All right, first things first. I usually ask uh, foreigners the same questions. What brings you to Latvia and what are your impressions so far? Mm-hmm. You want so, to start? Yes, we can start. So what brings us to Latvia? It's a European project. So we are going to Liepaja for one week project. And for the moment, we don't have a lot of ex- uh, expectation of uh, an impression of uh, Latvia because we arrived today. But what we saw is the architecture. It's really modern and like it seemed pretty like a city like Paris or Bordeaux for me and yeah for the vibe and everything like we will see it uh, more in uh, this week and we can let you uh, give you another feedback in one week with more precision (laughs) yeah me in my opinion I mean as he said Steven uh, we just arrived so we don't have so much uh, impression about the country but for me was impressing the silence and how everybody is very quiet and how people are whispering because I come from Italy so in my country when you go to the street everybody's screaming a lot and it's a lot of mess there are a lot of cars and people selling stuff and children ha 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 so for me, it was like very calm and peaceful, the city. And uh, I like the coffee shops. I, I didn't went inside, but I saw there are like a lot of coffee shops with beautiful cakes. And uh, it's kind of cozy and it make me feel like I want to go inside. So these are my first impressions. How did you guys find out about the project and what uh, were your expectations for it? We find out in the uh, in internet, in the uh, page of European Solidarity Corps. And uh, they, like, I think the, by month, there are 10 or 15 projects. More even. Even more. 
and you just basically subscribe and after they make an interview or no, it depends on the project. Mm -hmm. They make a selection and after you go for one week and you, it's, there are a lot of different topics, but basically like the aim of the principal objective is to get to know over European um, people and to try to find out uh, what, uh, how you can create like a more um, European spirit. I think it's, Around yeah. this idea. Yeah, this is, I think, the aim. I mean, me, I did already another youth exchange last month in Turkey. And uh, I applied for this one because I like so much. We met a lot of people from different countries. We had fun. We were um, in a hotel the most of the time. So we would uh, eat there. We would do workshop activities in the night. We would do intercultural nights. So kind of uh, putting the music of your country, uh, bringing some food, uh, maybe organizing a traditional dinner. So I think it's a good way to travel, to meet people, to get to know more about a topic you are interested in. In our case, the environment without uh, spending money because um, it's uh, all reimbursed. Oh, so it's pretty convenient then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's all convenient because you have the flight to go and to come back. You have the hotel, the food, like everything. It's uh, part of the project. So no, it's, it's yes. really welcome to go and really yeah. easy. Sounds yeah. decent. Sounds yeah. decent. Yeah, mm -hmm. the accommodation, three meals per day, the flights, even the bus to go, I don't know, from the airport to the bus station and from the bus station to the city, everything yeah. is covered. I mean, if you want to go to the restaurant instead, then eating in the hotel obviously is not covered, but all the things that are included are covered. Are you guys supposed to be some type of ambassadors in a way? Yes. So, uh, you 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 participate uh, to the project, but you not just uh, go to the to holidays. Like uh, you you personally, like uh, I I take it to to share to my friends and to say it. Like if you want to go to and to participate to this kind of project, like it's you will. Um, I make it like a promotion of this project because I think they are personally, I like the concept and I think it's good for young people to open his mind and to get to know over country and what uh, is doing uh, around you, not yeah. just in your All country. the realities. Hold up a little bit. I'll just adjust the frame because you are outside. Uh. Uh. Yes. Ah, yes, perfect. Yeah, it, it allows you to get to know other realities. And uh, I mean, for us, it was good because after, yeah, actually, we met in a project. So, so well, maybe, maybe that's, that's also an uh, aim of the. Yes, <laughs> yes right? because like yeah, I live in the countryside in France, she lives in the countryside in Italy. and Without this project, like we, it will be like uh, impossible to meet each other, and yes, it's bring it uh, like uh, this beauty of uh, the project uh, as well. Maybe so. maybe the project is sponsored by Tinder. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we have a joke with my friends, uh, and we say that these kind of projects are big Tinder. 
<laughs> is Tinder in presence, you know? E EU tender, Tinder. EU Tinder. <laughs> and the aim is to create uh, international couples. <laughs> uh, I think historically the French and Italians were pretty cozy with each other, right? I think I think the French and Germans were not so cozy But during the time. With the Italian either, because the French, along history, they had big ambitions on Italy. And they oh, really? tried in several occasions to come to Italy and to say, oh, this is ours, this is ours, this is ours. Or maybe in other times to put a king that they would like. Mm -hmm. So the relation is... Uh, Okay, now, and the football now is the big uh, deal, the big problem of our relation, because there is a lot of rivality <laughs> between um, Italian football team and the French football team. So mm -hmm. maybe now it's more about football than about Napoleone. Mm. <laughs> so would you say that, uh, for instance, when it comes to some politics and uh, other stuff, you still would have to debate on something? Yes, we really? debate a lot and we have different opinion on a lot of things and it's bring like a, a different opinion and like that uh, you open your your idea and you get more creative in a way uh, like of politics. Like I don't think like we will change uh, something when we talk uh, to each other, but it's it's kind of uh, nice to have another impression of someone you trust. But if you if it will not be like In this way, you will not hear the opinion in the same way. Like I don't, I don't want to sound cliche, but uh, I've met uh, French people, I've met Italian people, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if I would have to, let's say, make up a sort of a traditional way of uh, conversation, I would say the French would like to talk about uh, much about uh, social issues, economic issues, and the the Italians more about sort of family, in a sense. It's, it's it, well... Like, yeah, traditional values. Yeah, more, some, some like More. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that depends a lot, because I think uh, this is, uh, is undoubtedly that for Italians, family is very important. So um, it's kind of a big value for us. But uh, nowadays, Italy is changing a lot. So maybe when you think about Italy, you have like the traditional picture of the Italian family big, everybody united. This is the South, right? Yes. It's the South and also the North. Because really? me, I, yeah, I mean, my family, we meet uh, normally every Sunday to have a meal together in my grandma's house. Right. I thought, I thought that, uh, some, some Italians told me that The north is a little bit different than the south. In Italy. Yeah, that's true. I'm from the countryside in the middle of Italy, mm -hmm. kind of north middle. So I think uh, there is a big difference between north and south, but also between, between city and countryside, because the values of the countryside are more the traditional ones. So, for example, for my family, it's very important uh, uh, tradition, family, uh, our culture, our food, religion. And if you go to Milan, it's completely different approach to Do life. Do you guys do this all the time? Often, <laughs> often, often. Have you, have, you, have you seen, do you know the, the TV series Family Guy? Family yes, Guy? Yes, uh, it's on Netflix, but if you watch it. Mm, yeah, no. Because I think in one episode they traveled to Italy 
And the Peter, the 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 ah yes, uh, I know. He he wanted to seem Italian, so he went into the shop and boop the bep, boop the bep. Oh, that time next. Yeah. It it's make it like uh, the uh, the language uh, more beautiful and easier to understand. Like if me I'm I'm French or for Spanish uh, speaker, you can understand an Italian sp- uh, speaking because it's explaining it's everything with uh, the jest and everything. And yeah, it's more, it's more expressive. But I mean, I do it normally when I'm in Italy because I notice in other countries, if I'm all the time like that, people they look at me weirdly, like what she's doing, why she's moving so much, and she can stay still a moment. But when I go home to my family, to my friends, where I go, because it's normal. And people in Italy, if you don't do it, they think you're kind of. Uh, zombie you're like kind of dead person they say oh yeah you are so german so it's the stereotypical uh, perception that germans are rigid robots yes yes in italy there is this stereotype i mean i don't know if it's true because i've never been to germany but if you ask uh, an italian uh, for you which is the coldest person in europe they would say germans Oh really? It's, I would so, I would have guessed Finnish. Finnish? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's it's uh, even more far. Yeah, so for us, they, uh, they it's out of the map. <laughs> If you it's ask my grandma, where is Finland? Eh? What? Really? <laughs> yeah. No, when when I told to my mother like I I'm going to Latvia for um, a project, she that told me what is yeah, yeah, yeah. what is the, my mom. Understand. She understood the Laponia. She understood I was going. Laponia? Laponia is where Santa Claus is in the story. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> my, yeah. Yes. So my mom, she was convinced <laughs> as we were in Lapland. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean. <laughs> well, the only, I don't know if anything really. Oh, I think Italy was the first country to recognize Latvia as a state. And uh, the French, well, yeah, Napoleon was sort of here. Mm-hmm. When he went to Russia, mm-hmm. so, I yeah, passed we, through Latvia. Yeah, we we had some um, uh, historical things left by the French, and also some legal things. Our legal system is basically based, at least for a fourth or a third, on the French Napoleonic Code. Oh, okay. interesting. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and yeah, about Italians. The, yeah, they they were just uh, the first ones who, who recognized us. And other than that, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, not sure. maybe we don't have so much connections. Oh, and uh, and uh, Casanova was staying in in uh, uh, in the middle of Latvia when, uh, when he was going to Saint Petersburg. Okay, Casanova, he passed through here and he stayed a bit before going to Russia. Yeah, because because he writes in his uh, autobiography about his travels and mm-hmm. yeah he was in Yalgava. okay okay but yeah not, uh, nothing special uh, no he not, didn't mention anything no, not so <laughs> much connection he was in Yalgava. okay i pressed through there very nice i mean st petersburg that's all sort of sort of yeah. yeah yeah so you guys do you expect something out of the project uh, other than uh, contacting uh, or networking yes For me, it's also a way to explore a country that I don't know at all. And uh, probably without the project, uh, it wouldn't be the first destination I chose to travel. Because kindly me, 
Normally, if I have to choose somewhere to travel, I tend to go to warm places. So maybe I would choose, I don't know, Tunisia, Morocco, these kind of places. But Latvia... Just for the weed? No, I don't smoke <laughs> weed, but for the, you know, for the, the food, <laughs> for the weather, because they kind of intrigue me. But uh, I wouldn't choose Latvia as the first destination. But for this project, it was, um, it is an occasion for me to go to another place and uh, to see a country that uh, I would probably don't see without it. Yeah. I think it's pretty simple. Uh motivation to to participate to a project at, at least for me it's to see people from other country and to see country that uh, i never see and i don't have the it's not so easy to to go it's not your principal uh, idea to go and and you find big surprise because like when we've been to romania uh, i was no expectation i didn't know nothing about romania and After six months, like yeah, we I'm like sh- I, I like it. I will go go back with my friends to my to to do ski because it's, I discovered that it's really good there to ski mm-hmm. and really, really like you discover things you don't expect and it's uh, it surprises you. At, uh, I think. Yeah. Well, you guys are the traditional European countries. Right, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, those are the one, several others, those are the traditional European countries. Eastern Europe is, you know, we are the former Russians for, for, yeah. for the Western world. But I don't know. <laughs> Me, I like very much the Balkans. I travel to Croatia, to mm-hmm. Slovenia, to Serbia. Uh, to Romania and... Uh, Sounds like you have some mafia ties. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no not at all. Uh, just for holidays, <laughs> because I like to go to countries where people, they don't, they don't usually go. And uh, actually, I like so much uh, Serbia, Croatia. And um, I don't think, for me, they're not forgotten. For me, it's like uh, cool to go to these places, to explore, to see. And uh, let's see about Latvia. It's a pity we can't go to Estonia and uh, to to Lithuania because we don't have time. But maybe next time so we can see all the three Baltic states. Do they offer you some type of projects wherever you choose or they just make one? And then you either accept or not. Yes, second option. Oh. They just, um, they, for example, propose, uh, I don't know, they put on Facebook, they propose different projects. Depending on your availability, you can say yes or no, but the destination is already fixed. Can you say the Facebook page? Or yeah, is uh, uh, you can find a lot on European youth exchanges mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Facebook. On the website, it's a uh, Salto Youth. And Salto Youth? Salto Youth, yes. And you can find like uh, all Alert. the projects, the long term, that it's uh, uh, two months until one year and a half, and the short term, that uh, it's less than uh, two months. Mm-hmm. And the long one, you can participate only one time, but after the short, you can do as much as you want. Yeah, okay. you can you can do. I have a friend that she was with us in Romania and after she was there for one year and after she did another one in Croatia for two months and now she wants to do more. So it's kind of flexible. You can decide to go to many places and yeah, it's easy. And after there are some, like 
they they pass to volunteer to a mentor and they um, try they kind of manage the the project like uh, I don't know if you have an experience and you have did a 10 uh, project in volunteers after you can stay in a, a country you like and in an association to help to organize over project and to maintain the yeah do it again mm-hmm and um, you you said already but i'm asking you on air what are you guys studying me i mean uh, studying uh, pedagogy but uh, i mean kind of a gap here mm-hmm. and uh, so i will start again in uh, september and now i'm i'm kind of happy because they develop um, uh, studying online and a uh, online university mm-hmm. and so i can uh, do um, I can start again my, my university, but online still doing uh, things I like. And since I'm young, uh, not uh, being in France and staying in France to study all the time. Uh. Yeah, it gives you more flexibility. Me, I'm studying, uh, I mean, I'm in my last semester of my master in anthropology. And for COVID, I could do everything online. So it's good because it allows you to travel, to go to other places, not to have to go every day to university, even if I feel you miss a lot because you miss the connection, you miss being in presence, meet other people in university, meet the teacher, having more a real experience of university. But on the other hand, it gives you the possibility to be some else like for example as in Spain we moved to Spain so me I'm doing the research of my thesis in Spain and if I had to go every day to university it would be completely impossible to me to go there does it mean that you also talk uh, Spanish yes you too yes (laughs) damn yes it's it's, uh, probably very common right Yes. For I mean, Italians, French when, people. When, if you speak uh, French and Italian, right? Spanish, you, you almost uh, sp- uh, speak it. Mm. And it's, if you know at least two of the three Latin language, you will know the, fir- the third one. Like yeah. They are really similar. There yeah. are some differences, obviously, because there are different languages, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, the base is the common one, yeah. is common. So me, for example, I'm Italian. Yeah. I lived in Spain two years, so I knew Spanish. And uh, now I'm learning French, but it's kind of easy because it's another Latin language. Mm-hmm. So if a word is not similar to Italian, it's, pl- it's probably that is similar to Spanish. So you mm-hmm. kind of uh, yeah. understand. Yeah. <laughs> So France is in between, in a, in a way. I don't know if it's in between. I think uh, Italian and Spanish are... Um, more it's, similar. Yeah, it's, it's more, more similar. similar yeah. Yes. And, but like when I sp- speak in French, uh, the Spanish uh, people underst- understand me if I speak uh, slowly and clearly, like they understand me. Mm, I think French is much more difficult. From my experience, okay, is understandable. There is a common base. It's not like studying, I don't know, Japanese, obviously, mm-hmm. or even Russian. I think for us it's very difficult, but it's more difficult for me to learn French than to learn Spanish because French is, uh, is more uh, on, in, on his side, no? Yeah, yes, I think, I don't I mean, know, but don't because know. I, I speak French, uh, usually, and I learn uh, Spanish and Italian that are 
quite similar. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, I learned the two in the same time and I kind of mix a bit. Uh, yeah, no, he does. Uh, he does. When he speaks Italian, he puts Spanish words. And when he speaks <laughs> Spanish, he puts Italian. But all understand me. Yeah, it's <laughs> Because uh, they, it's quite similar. And some, no, sometimes I had some um, like misunderstanding and uh, it, uh, it creates some uh, quiproquo. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's quite similar. No, we we are really close country, and even in cultural, uh, like we in Mediterranean, we have three of us uh, Mediterranean, and at, at the end, um, the um, the cooking, the recipes are kind of uh, almost just mm. similar. No, mm. they they have the same vegetables. And the same they, vegetables, they do, but very different preparation. They eh? do different presentation, preparation, but it's the same ingredients. Yeah, same ingredients, but very differ different results. I don't agree on the cuisine. <laughs> I don't agree. I think it's different. Well, when it comes to the cuisine, I think, well, maybe it's just my uh, amateurish viewpoint. I think you have more Uh, main dishes uh, world, worldwide, but you are more confectionery. Yeah, it's more bake, bake traditional. Stuff. In Italian, it is very traditional. It's a, a daily food. Yeah. Like, it's super, it's amazing. And I think it's, in France, it's, we don't have so much traditional food, but there are a lot of uh, good uh, cookers that they used to travel and create a recipe, and it's more for the... So cooking like a, a, an art and not like a, to eat every day. Yeah, it's more like gourmet, I would mm -hmm. say. It's more like classy, posh cuisine. Mm -hmm. You go to a nice restaurant where there is a chef that has two stars Michelin mm -hmm. <laughs> and he makes, uh, I don't know, a cake with... Uh, Uh, oh, say, aubergine uh, and oui. uh, chocolate. Yes, with aubergine <laughs> and chocolate. It's not something you eat at home. Mm. While in Italy, even if you go to a restaurant where there is a chef that has two Michelin stars, uh, the, the dishes he proposes or she proposes, they are much more similar to the tradition. So we don't leave so much the tradition. Maybe the chef, he can just a bit... Um, reinterpret what the tradition does but it's kind of similar to my grandma dish mm -hmm. anyway and you cannot change a, a recipe in italia if you want to do a lasagna you do a lasagna like the classic one if you do a lasagna with spinach to his grandma to her grandmother like she she's a offense she feel offense on her tradition and on her value like for them it's very important the tradition and the to keep it uh, like it is yeah so, While in France, I could say they're more open to new recipes. They're more willing to explore, yeah, yeah. to eat, I don't know, Thai cuisine, um, Italian cuisine, Spanish tapas. In Italy, yes, there are uh, other countries' restaurants, but it's mainly Chinese and Japanese, that's all. Sushi? Sushi, Sushi. yeah, it's very... <laughs> Uh, cool in Italy is very like uh, everybody wants to eat sushi yeah it's a, it's a pretty decent food for everybody I, I don't know anybody who's allergic to sushi yeah, yeah it's kind nice. of impossible to be allergic to sushi it's rice and fish that's all so nice yeah and it's, and it's prepared in a way that it seems 
really classy, I guess. Yes, yeah. the little small bites uh, with the colors and the sticks, uh, mm. kind of elegant. <laughs> so I think why people, they say, ah, sushi bar, wow. Yeah. Actually, we do, did you know we have, a, what's it called? An Institute of France? I don't know what, what to call it in, in Lycée? English. Lycée Français? Mm, I don't okay. know. If it high school? French high school? Hmm? A French high school? Institut Français? Yeah, Institut Français. Yeah, it's basically when you go out to the street, mm -hmm. you, you go to the left corner, turn left and then right and just go straight ahead and you'll see it. Okay. Yeah. There are everywhere. Yeah. I yeah. saw him. I saw them by the, everywhere. By the way, I think uh, we are somehow related nowadays to France because uh, I think two times Macron was here, and then then a few days later there were some major policies regarding COVID or, and foreign policy. So I think uh, France, in, in some way or another, rules us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's possible. possible. Macron loves. Uh, Extending its power. <laughs> yeah. I think, like you spoke before about uh, French is a social country, it was before Macron came, and it's like before we were uh, like education was free. I've been to university; I never paid for nothing. Elf mm -hmm. uh, uh, is it was free for everything, and now elf is still is still free, but university it start to being tracing the price mm. and we have less and less uh, social uh, rights like i think i don't know if it's true or not but we are a big um, country in historic of social uh, like uh, we have a social system quite well it works well but um, the new strategy of macron it's not uh, in this way if he's we have the next election uh, next month and if it's still him Is no, we are not going to be a social country uh, anymore. I mean, in general, it's like that. Yeah. I think in France, you see more the difference now because before it wasn't like that. But it's kind of, uh, I think that is going on for years because in Italy before, uh, university wasn't so expensive. Now it's very expensive and uh, uh, public health was covering much more things than now and uh, you had a lot of help from the state while nowadays not so much anymore. So I think it's more yeah. kind of But general. Yeah, I think it's... I'm disappointed about this, and I think it was a luck we have, and we we are we are we're wasting it in the and we which uh, it's changing, and in in my opinion, it's uh, not changing in a good way. <laughs> what what do you guys think? Didn't the last two years show us that actually there are no real uh, boundaries or separate politics? Because COVID was almost universally everywhere. Uh, dealt with the same and yeah I think France even wanted to introduce a, a mandate for the vaccines a general mandate yeah and they wanted the same here and mm -hmm. I think the only country that did it was Austria yeah See, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
In Italy, they did to work. If you were yes. over 50 years old, it was mandatory to get vaccinated to go to work. Mm -hmm. If not, they would suspend you from work. You would have to pay a fine, expensive one, I think uh, around 1,000 euros, and uh, you would stay at home without salary. In general, which is, which is pretty much uh, totalitarian. Yes, yes, <laughs> is the thing. Me, I think that what COVID shown in my country, at least, is uh, a growing um, disequality. So, people who were already rich, they became more rich, and people who were already in difficult situation, it, they are more in difficult situation now. And I think that uh, the approach of our government, it was a bit uh, too tight, too totalitarian and too discriminatory. Because this think of the vaccine, okay, I think it has health reason, but uh, it went a bit too far. Because there were so many people that uh, they lost their job because they didn't want to get vaccinated or they had a lot of sanctions that is not fair and uh, or they were forced to, to get vaccinated even if they were not willing. I mean, me, I got vaccinated because I wanted and uh, I believe, uh, okay, I did well. I think uh, I was scared of COVID. I did the vaccine. And for me, I'm okay. But at the same time, I don't think that you, the state, can force you to do something on your body. Because after there is a freedom of choice and uh, you can't uh, oblige people to do something that uh, you don't really know the effects. So personally, I didn't like the outcomes of COVID, politically speaking, in my country, because also... Um, I think uh, it was a good occasion for the government to become stronger and stronger. And they used a bit the excuse of COVID to do exactly what they wanted because they prorogate a lot the emergency state for COVID and they approved a lot of laws that were not connected to COVID. There were economical laws, social laws not connected to COVID. And uh, so they kind of did what they wanted for some time. And the instrument it because they kind of uh, didn't speak about all the other problems. They didn't speak about economical crisis. They didn't speak about the increasing of the prices. They didn't speak about the energetic crisis because to uh, COVID was the only, only topic. And But in a social way, I think COVID did something good because it put um, people together. Um, I seen, I saw, and I keep seeing in Italy a lot of new realities, a lot of new projects of people that maybe they were cut off from the official system. They couldn't work, so they put together, they decided to start an association, an NGO, to start going back to the nature, going back to the land, start again with cultivation. So I think this is the positive outcome for me. It was similar after the 2008 financial yes. crisis. And uh, yeah, looking back at those years, I'm not sure we want that. Because there were a lot of people who wanted sovereignty from the state. And so they moved outside to the countryside. 
they wanted to start their own farming they wanted to be auto uh, autarkic it's called basically autonomous yes autonomous. to produce everything that is necessary to for their survival <laughs> and, and yeah i think now 15 years later you would be hard pressed to see anybody still doing it mm. in italy i don't know uh, i think for me that i come from a rural area mm, for uh, my territory is positive because as we were forgotten for many years uh, we saw the opposite pro- uh, we saw the opposite process so people from the countryside moving to the city to work in factories yeah. come normal yeah. so what happened is that uh, we have a lot of land that is left alone, nobody's using, nobody's cultivating, and uh, there is a lot of potential. But in the countryside, only stay few people, only stay old people. What happened to the refugees? In Italy, what happened to the refugees? I mean... They don't want to come to the countryside normally. And I understand because there are not so much opportunities. Me as well, if I would, I would come to a new country is because I want to go maybe uh, to a city where I think I can do more. And uh, it's also, I think, a question of connections. So if I come from Gambia, I go to Italy, probably I would go to a city or a place where I know there are other people from my countries, from my country, where I have a kind of uh, connecting uh, net. And another thing to say is that uh, not the majority, I mean, I would say the majority of the refugees that arrive to Italy, their uh, main goal is not staying in Italy. Italy many times is just a bridge crossing because they want to go to France, to Sweden, to Germany, to Austria, either because they have family, either because they think it is better. Well, wasn't that the case that France calls Germany their rich neighbor and Spain calls France their rich neighbor? Oh, I don't know. I, th- I think like uh, it depends on the opinion. Like there are, in France, it's quite uh, divided on the German uh, topic. Like some of them, they they skip the the picture of uh, the Second Year War, uh, World War, and they keep it the rivalry. And some of them, they see like a, like a principal um, a colleague in a, for the Europe for the construction of the of the Europe and the. Like a, an important partner and not a, a rival. Like, and I, I see it like more like a, a, pre, um, a big partner than a rival. And it's the same for Spain after. I think we have still like some little uh, rivality, but it's about a shit thing like football or like uh, cooking. Or, like, we keep uh, uh, this rivality to say, ah, but it's too love. But after we, i mean, in my opinion, I think we we are all partners now, and this rivalry is not uh, it's not uh, it's crucial. It's not crucial. I anymore. think in Latvia, that would you you could still find the stereotype that uh, France would like to be a global superpower. It's not a stereotype. No, because it's like if you look the, our constitution made uh, by uh, Charles de Gaulle in uh, after the revolution in '68, uh, like. This um, constitution, um, you elect um, a president, uh, the, the people elect a, a president for five years, but like everyone ele- is electing one person. 
And this is not an election and this is not democracy. Like we, in France, they say well, we are a democracy because the people um, vote for, um, for the president. But pff, finally, it's kind of um, a promotion. Like um, you vote for the one with the most uh, beautiful, with the most uh, nice. We look the, the most and speak uh, fluently and with you, you, who you, you trust the most, but finally you don't have any idea. Like you don't vote for idea. You don't vote for, you just vote for a picture. Yeah. And like it's turned, it's turned like this in France because of the, we keep uh, the constitution, the old one. And now we are still voting for one person, but with the marketing and everything. Now, when you see the campaign of the president, like they, put million of uh, euros to make a, uh, a campaign. They are like a reality show. The president now is not a president. It's kind of a reality, reality show. Yes. Like they put the, him on uh, all the mainstream media and it's, there are no democracy in that, in my opinion. Well, but I think, I think France has never been a democracy, right? You have been a, a republic five times. Right. Yes. Yes. And, so and there are a lot of presidents. They, they are, they want to be elected for the next one. They, they want the sixth one. Mm -hmm. The, yeah, the sixth one. Because there are still things to change and the constitution is not perfect. And I think like this, like if it's not good and it's not still uh, adapted to the situation, we still, we give, should change it and, make it more adaptable to the new context of Europe. And because in 68, it was for the revolution, like uh, it was a big mess in France. So we, Charles de Gaulle's foot, uh, he, he was needed like a, a big man to structure the country and to do everything. But now we, in France, uh, most of, in my opinion, I don't want that in France anymore. Like we don't need a big picture to save the, the country. Like we I think this, this but, period is finished. But do you think that Macron is was wanting to be a strong man? He's, he's, um, he's hiding it in the, in the first, when we elected, it was like, oh yes, I'm social and everything, na na na. But um, now it's uh, the end of uh, his mandate. Yeah. And we saw like, is not social at all. But, but here's the thing. Do you think it's really um, dependent on the con on the specific person? Because it, it was pretty similar everywhere in Europe, right? So it should, it could be actually that there's someone behind Macron to actually turn. Ah, uh, yes. I think he, he, he has a lot of friends. Like uh, in France now, there are a lot of uh, enquête on him. And uh, he paid his, uh, his campaign, his last campaign with uh, the oligarch of Algeria, with the oligarch of um, no, Algeria, sure. Mm -hmm. And is uh, of course he's not is uh, not alone, but uh, it's like he has um, a profile. Like he worked uh, in a bank for three years in Rothschild, so you know a lot of people. He make his is always um, um, working on the financial uh, idea. Mm -hmm. He's not a president. He's a good uh, finance man. He's good uh, at finance, at everything, but not for to president because president is not only about economic. It's so about uh, social things, uh, education, health, and 
if it's a social do you really think that the elected officials have the, the option to be social because i think there are always some special interest groups who if you don't do what they say they'll just they'll just i, I don't turn be- you off i don't believe to that i don't believe that if you increase the tax and the um, And uh, you make pay the, the people uh, create uh, the thing in your country, they leave. I don't think if we open, we increase the tax in France, all the, um, the companies in France will, uh, will go out. I, I, think, I think they would, a lot of them would go to Romania, for instance. They already did. Yeah, they already did. They already happening. did. And, we, and after you, you change the... Um, You, ch- you change the type of job and I don't think it's good because if, if the companies go to Romania after it's kind of all the, the job of uh, bad, uh, not bad actually, job. Actually, Romanians also speak Italian a lot of the times, right? Yeah, yeah for immigration because many Romanians, they came to Italy to work mm-hmm. in the past years. I mean, when Italy was a bit more appealing and uh, many now, they just came back to, to Romania Because as we said, now many factories, they're delocalized, I think they say like yeah. that. Yeah, to hide a bit the concept. It's like, when you do that, the, when you delocalize, the country where is delocalized, they, they catch only job there, but no one wants to do that. And after in the diploma, the graduate person to Romania graduate person, go to France to work, to a more highest uh, uh, salary, salary. Mm-hmm. and pff, for me that is shit I think like we should like a friend should keep uh, his factory and do a bad medium job and good salary job and the same in, in Romania we don't we don't have to delocalize to push Romanian to have only bad salaries and to a- attract the good uh, Romanian profile to come in France to, to work for higher salary. I think but, this but is not going to work. France is a former empire. I mean, that's, that's the way it has been for a long time. For a long time, yes. But it doesn't mean like we all have the, the desire to, to create a new empire and to govern the world. Like me, I don't know if every French thinks like me, but I think if we want to have power in this world, we should create a, a powerful Europe and not a powerful France because powerful France is not gonna happen. It's not gonna, it, we don't have uh, so much power in the uh, international, international uh, relation. And if we want to have it, well, we should French, create a Europe. French is still the, the second diplomatic language after English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Diplomatic for languages. Reason, yeah, yeah. I think it's more for historical. <laughs> it's historic. I mean, I don't think that this uh, era where we are now is the is the era of nation state. I think it's all the opposite, and uh, uh, I think that uh, also politically speaking. Uh, Even a state that uh, is uh, important, uh, he has a long history, he has prestige uh, as France. Uh, even a president of a state like France uh, is not always uh, free and able to take the decision for his country. And uh, I think for this reason, this is not an era of nation states. Uh, it's more uh, an era of uh, trans 
global politics. I think that, uh, as Stephen said, a big uh, part of power now is in the end of finance. So, uh, because... End of finance? In the end of the finance. Fin- what, do you, what do you mean, end of the finance? Is in the end, so oh, on the hands, yes, or? that I wanted to say. So, um, for this reason, because a lot of states, France, Italy included, they have a lot of debts, uh, they are kind of more vulnerable to the politics of uh, the banks and finance in general to say to dictate what they should do in their countries. But I think is also a bit the fault of our politicians because if I think in the case of Italy the the system the the constitution is very much working our is a representative republic is a parliament but we don't kind of have prepared politicians that are really on the topic because uh, neoliberalism is uh, trying to is always trying to leave people without uh, social right to privatize to yes to privatize but if politicians they would be up to date they would be prepared and they would try to pass laws in favor of the people uh, this global tendency to go always through the economic interest would be still there but we would have little impact or more little impact than now in my opinion don't you think that politics is just an extension of economic interests No, no, no. I think politics is bigger than economic. Economic is a part of politics, but uh, politics is not a part of economy. No. Well, if you if you study pedagogy, mm-hmm. uh, you would be supposed to work in a school system, right? Yes. Educational system. Yeah. And uh, well, I guess historically you could say that. The school system, the schooling system in general was supposed to just prepare people not for the world to to experience it, but to basically work in a factory or some similar type of uh, occupation. Mm-hmm. So so it's just uh, economic. It's, no, it's, I don't agree. Well, think about it this way. If uh, you look back in the 17th, 18th century, all right, you still had the... Enlightenment, right? France, uh, also a little bit Italy, right? After the Renaissance, yes, they they made uh, great great impacts on different fields. But most of the people were sort of controlled by I don't know whoever landlords in some way, right? Uh, for instance, in Latvia, we were controlled by Germans, right? Mm-hmm. German, um, I don't know what what to call barons, mm-hmm. I guess owned. People mm. on the field, mm-hmm. right, and they just worked for the barons, yeah. right, and it was basically all over the place. It was not just in, on this subcontinent; it was in Russia as well. It was, in, I guess, in Asia as well, mm. um, and uh, North America even more, right. So, the point when they actually gained their quote-unquote independence was uh, after the Industrial Revolution, basically. Which was just an, another way of allowing you to manufacture more fe- efficiently. Yeah. So you didn't need to ha- own a person, right? Yeah, yeah. You could just pay him a wage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's this kind of school, it's making the 
person stupid and just object to to produce and not to to think and to maybe later govern you, the country and like m make it increasing everything and making like yeah see well, well that's that's the that's the, that's the uh, question i have because who said officially that that was supposed i know a lot of people have those those um beliefs that a politician should be for the people the education should be to for the people to be able to live their lives better mm. right healthcare should be for people to be healthy yeah but it's just a scam healthcare is supposed to finance big uh, corporations there's no money in having healthy people yeah because we you you need some type of sickness that you mm. not, you do not cure it you just maintain it right and it's uh, at best if you have some patents on on the pharmace pharmaceutical products so yeah. you get paid a lot uh, yeah. right and it's in every field and, and that's if, if you follow this logic i agree with you that's like this like if you cure a nerve a sickness not to cure it but just to maintain it to to get to earn more to earn money yeah. all the the life of the the sick people profit and control are what's running the world yeah but this is a bad evolution yeah. Yeah. i mean i think this is I, not the purpose on an individual on, a, on an individual basis it is, it is definitely not uh, good right? it's it's because people because people are used to having uh, equality in in a way right in, in their interactions mm -hmm. but when it comes to think about the mindset you would need to have to actually decide upon people you have never met and will never meet in your life right that's a totally different yeah you, but you look at you look at people not as your common fellow man yeah but as someone you never meet and you will never i mean if you apply look at the statistics yeah but if time. you apply such a such a selfish point of view i it's mean selfish i think in reality probably is working like that but in my opinion it shouldn't work like that <laughs> and i think if we want this planet this work this world the people the state the community the family the individuals to keep living, to have a happy life, to have um, to have possibilities, uh, to be uh, happy, to work, and because they work to produce more wealth, to help the economy, to help the economy of their country grow, we can't think like that. Because yeah, see, see, but that's the point. We are always, when it comes to that um, sort of, um, I don't know, how would you call it, I guess, new thinking right or, or reform thinking when it says oh we have a lot of problems yeah what should we do about them well we need to fundamentally change the way we think about them we need to fundamentally change the way we work with them it's it's all true right but if you have the option to actually gain some type of advantage economically politically um what well, well maybe also socially that advantage mm. will not go unnoticed by somebody else. Yeah. And they some those, those people are the ones they won't show them you they won't show themselves to you. You won't know them. You will you wouldn't know who advises Macron when he decides to actually force people to do something that they won't don't want to do, mm. right? And the people are uh, angry at Macron, but uh, Macron is at that point just a puppet. Yeah, sure, because Macron <laughs> is not deciding all alone. This is clear. Macron is 
influenced by other people more powerful than him. But Macron, he could uh, impact in this situation. He mm, could say... It's, it's, it's really, really difficult to... Look. Uh -huh. If you go to an election and you make promises, that's one thing. But if you, are, if you get elected and you want to start making good on those promises, it's a totally different thing. Yes, because yes, those promises will get um, in the way of some other interest that's bigger. You mentioned the Rothschilds, right? Mm -hmm. I think m most conspiracy theories about economics is always going back to Rothschilds. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if they are uh, in somewhere related to those different uh, situations where nobody understands why it's happening, mm -hmm. right? But somebody is controlling different processes and those people don't want to be known simply because of the reason if you would know who they are and where they are, some somebody would like to get a hold of them, yeah. right? And it's just you it's, you enjoy your status and your power yeah. anonymously. That's and best, so what the is the way. solution? I mean, the word is... Well, the, the, to be honest, the best solution probably having regard to the past two years uh, is to get the order, get the decision, but don't follow upon it. For instance, Russians. They invaded Ukraine, right? Uh -huh. If Putin makes a stupid decision, he could make a stupid decision and say, bomb them, make a nuclear rocket to fly mm -hmm. over their heads, right? Somebody has to execute that decision. If that somebody says, look, I better go to jail than to press that button, right? It's, it's, it's sort of you neutralize the stupidity, that the, the malintent that's somewhere yeah. around and i think what is neutralized this it's this kind of uh, individual thinking it's like when you are individual of course you cannot do anything because you are individual and you cannot change the world you cannot change your makes decision as a president you cannot that's sure can i can but, i suggest you guys uh, if, if you read books can i suggest to you hmm? uh probably uh I w in a way, I would like to say Chekhov, but uh, then again, it might be more easily with uh, Solzhenitsyn, uh, which uh, he was a dissident of the Soviet, so Soviet Union, mm -hmm. okay. and he described the sort of 50s, well, for starting from 40s till, I guess, 60s or 70s mm -hmm. in the USSR. If you read him, uh, and he, he wrote the Gulag Archipelago, Right, mm -hmm. he describes the gulags in in Soviet. Yeah, Russia. the Soviet camps uh, in Siberia where yes, they were but, sending. Yes, uh, but he also but he also describes the political system. Okay. Right, why why the camps are there? Why the terror? Why all this happening? Right, and he basically shows you in a raw form the psychology of individual people. And uh, when you when you see him describing that, for instance, there's a full marketplace. Everybody recognizes the, the secret police that's mm -hmm. coming in, right? And they just take you, for instance, right? And you mm -hmm. are going screaming and shouting, right? But nobody does anything. Yes. Right? Yeah. This yeah, is the problem. Because everybody, everybody thinks, well, if I keep quiet, maybe at least they leave me alone. Yeah, if yeah. I say something, I'm going to end the same. Because that, that Yes. Yeah, because yeah. That but the yeah. problem for me is exactly that one. Is um, 
the lack of community. So a strong power, what he wants. A totalitarian power, what he wants. He wants to uh, cut all the bonds. He wants to cut the bonds of the family, of the religion, of the ethnic group. No, no, no not at all. Not at all. I mean, uh, religion... Co- Organized religion is specifically historically yeah, for the I mean, purpose. yes, organized religion that is saying what the power wants is accepted. But religion that is giving another appropriation, that is giving another identity to people, that is not the identity the regime wants is forbidden. So this is the lack of community, I think, that is what is helping the power grow and what the power wants because if people they are alone they are more vulnerable if me I'm opposing I'm opposing to the regime as Chiara as one person you can put me to jail you can kill me and it's the end of the situation but if behind me there is a movement and we are many 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 people it's more difficult that you put 10,000 people in prison than putting only one Yeah, see, that's the point. They believe so it's in, in, the, in theory, that should work. In practice, it has never worked unless I, you count Mahatma Gandhi. No, I mean, mm-hmm. Mahatma Gandhi mm-hmm. did kind of uh, good, big uh, change in this country. I mean, that's the closest you would get in, 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 in such a scenario, but uh, still, the colonial rule still dominate after mm. all it's just that it's just a see when you have the 19th century monarchs kingdoms falling apart the empires falling apart they didn't just abandon their territories they just sort of reformed them and i mean i think belgians still exploit the congo i think uh, french still exploit a lot of african countries yeah, yeah. right It's 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 so convenient, right? And it's human nature, and that's the that's the problem of everybody is thinking. When well, if I would be in that place, I would do right, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, if you would have absolute power, you would be vulnerable to it, being it's, absolutely. Corrupted. It's why you shouldn't exist uh, absolute power because no one is is able to Immune, yeah. to take the the absolute power and to to say it better than over like. What I'm saying, it's the true and it's working for every case. No, it's something you should discuss. You ch- should make tests. You test, it's working. Okay, we do that. It's not working. We don't. And you test with other people. You discuss, we, you debate. It's, I guess, it's kind I, of And I guess uh, uh, France and Italy are too big of countries to, to be able to do that. Because I think, I think yeah. uh, historically speaking, when it was the time when Florence was a nation state and Venice was a nation state, mm-hmm. It, wor- it could work better nowadays as well. I simply, mean, simply because you have then the option of having a close-knit community. Yes. yes but after, to, for the croissance, for the... Um, for the croissance? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, for, for the, the growing. For the growing, growing. It's, it's not working as, as much as it's working for um, a biggest country. Like, for sure, I think uh, if you are, if when you are with the mondialization, The, the growing, it's bigger than in, it was never, it has never been. At Venice, as a simple country, it was good to live there. 
Yes, okay, maybe, but it's a growing. No, I don't so agree. Nowadays, Monaco would be Mo- a sort of an example. But me, I think that, uh, uh, okay, mm-hmm. it's not true that Venice, uh, he wasn't disconnected from the rest because Venice, he was uh, a commercial power. So he had commercial bases in all the Mediterranean and uh, up to Turkey, up to mm-hmm. Constantinople. And also, I think, in what is the actual Palestinian Palestine, so it's not true that was isolated, but I also think that uh, is true, and this is, uh, I think, the good part of representative democracy, because... um, Okay, in Italy we have a system of region. Every you don't uh, when you have election, you don't elect the president. You le- elect people for parliament from every region. So if the system was working well, these people that would be elected, they would represent a small part of Italy. They would really know the problem of the territories, the advantages, the the strong points and the weak points, and they would bring all the east of this small region to the central power so to have a discussion so to dialogate and I think this system is the good one okay maybe sometimes it's not very much working but in theory in theory in logic is the best system to have a community net in theory, in theory communism is the best system right? yeah in practice, in practice i wouldn't practice speak about work. communism <laughs> let's speak about democracy i mean a democratic system like that very representative if everything is going well if the election go well it's good because you have a community network and also we have uh, you have uh, a dialogue you can speak to the central power. So I think it's a good system. Uh, the aim of election is to elect a, a person they are governing for you, but they are representing you. And they are representing yeah, Representing, you. not governing. Um, See, it seems to me that the only place in Europe that that system is, has some sort of merit would be Switzerland. Other than that, it seems to me the past two years have shown either you are in uh, France, Italy, Latvia, Austria, you will still get hammered, hammered by stupid policies. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I agree about it. It's the reason why I said in theory, if everything works well, because in the last two years, not two years, maybe more than two years from the economical crisis before, Recently, in the recent years, in Italy, the system is not working so well. In on- I, have, I have never met an Italian who says their government is working well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. probably because it's true. I mean, if you met a French well, guy, he's saying you is working well, is is lying to you, or is or is is not understanding what is what is going on in France, and well, I was really like. Um, unsafe to let a president with all this power and only one person that is he can decide for everything in case of emergency like with we they are good to find it like with terrorists that it's it's going for two years uh covid that they they keep it for two years to and they they did uh, as in italy they they uh, use the COVID context to pass some um, social rules or work rules. Economic laws. Economic that laws. And that is no sense. It just abuse of abuse, abuse of power. See, but that's the thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's again, the, the expectation and the result is, is not, is not uh, 
harmonious. So people think uh, somehow the politicians are stupid, but the system has never been. It's a misconception. The system mm -hmm. has never been to be in favor of the small individual to every citizen, because a political party in general means what a part of a society. Ah, yeah, right? because of it's, course you represent a part of the society. Yeah, you, you cannot that, represent you, you do not all. represent your electorate. You represent your party. If you have a party system, if you don't have a party system, usually you just ha you represent your social class. But I think that's not really the case. I mean, even Britain doesn't really have any social classes anymore. But they used to have. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you got you, you still have your lords and your what what have you in Britain, right? They they really didn't. Uh, there were a time where you couldn't be able, to, let's say, to be a commoner and then go on to be a, some type of big um, big name politician. It wasn't possible. You weren't. For, you were from the gentry, or you were from the, some social class. You you wouldn't get out of it. And I think. Uh, I've met Indians who say that even though officially it's been abandoned, uh, but caste, in, India still has them them caste systems. Yeah, it was. I think yeah. it was abolished uh, from by Moat, by Gandhi. He was the first one who wanted to abolish. But well, I think every system after every country, every system right. has its class, because actually in our system. It's more hidden, but we still have classes. We still have social classes. It's a lie to say that in our democracy in European Union, we don't have social classes. Probably on the paper, they are not written. But if you go to every city, to every place, you can easily understand that they exist, these social classes. Yeah. And I can tell you from experience that... Uplifting, going from down to up in the social class system is not easy because many times it's not only a question, an economical question, because economy goes together with uh, with education. So many times, even if you are brilliant, you can't go up because you're not educated, because you come from a poor class and you had to go to work at 15. You couldn't study. All your brothers are like you. Everybody left school to help their family because you couldn't eat. So in this system, it's very likely that your son is going to be the same. Yeah, I don't think even Germany had sort of the education system tailored towards it because I remember I was in 2012, I think, in Germany, and then they explained to me the the system for gymnasiums that once you were in uh, I think sixth class, they separated you, and afterwards you had only the option to go to some type of vocational yes. school but if you were in the gymnasium then you could actually go to higher education yeah, and I said how is that even possible to, yeah it's, it was so ridiculous yeah. but there were people who wanted to introduce that same system in Latvia so it's always the case somebody wants some yeah. type of separation discrimination it's always yeah. it's inherent and in France uh, uh, before it was free for everyone like you you have money you don't have money you can go to university and be being graduate for with a phd without having, having any money but now if it's continuing like this like if you come from the countryside with a family with no money you will never get your phd because you will have to 
to to earn or or you will have to take to the bank uh, all the amount of money to to study and after when you will finish your study you will have to pay for half of your year of like half of your life yeah. yes but oh, it's, in one, it's not what i want i think we have a, a big example of what is what is going when we we let all the market and everything do it in united states and as a me personally i don't want that in europe and i don't want that in france i don't think it's it's works i don't think it's good system we saw it like it's maybe economic and economically it's working yes but when we see the social state of united states like it's not working like, at all i like the i like the, um, ray dalio he's an uh, american billionaire uh, and an investor and he writes a lot of books and he he wrote the book uh, principles on dealing with crises for nations or something like that and so he describes um, the past 1000 years in a sense and he says i'm i'm too um, self critical so what i've written i've shown to professors historians a lot of experts so it's not mm-hmm. really my opinion it's more or less the result of a cooperative work right uh, and mm-hmm. in that book and also in, in several other, other books the main thesis is that after the second world war the new world order was uh, in favor of uh, the united states and the united states is is, is still an um, um, imperial or imperialistic system right mm-hmm. because that's the only way to govern on a global scale if you if you wa- want a globally connected world somebody has to have the big boy pants right and so who has the military strength has the big boy pants and uh, well he says i've not finished it yet but uh, i think he's going for the next step that china will overtake but yeah we'll see about that in the future i guess but it's always the case and so the 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 curious thing for me is why are we still living in a sort of hypnosis thinking that oh yeah yeah the politicians should be actually our servants right they should be working for us it's it's no, an exploitative no, system no they they should at least take the responsibility of their job like if you, you are if you, you are if you if you can if you can find some type of kill switch in the system i think it could also work meaning that um, you need sort of a populism right you need somebody who knows what the people need and goes towards it and in case he goes against it people have a sort of operational way to shut him down right because mm-hmm. if you introduce some some uh, let's say five year term mm-hmm. and then for four years he just really just handles you like he wants and you can do nothing about it it's a little bit silly especially in this dynamic world right because mm-hmm. those four or five year terms they were introduced in those times where you still ride road horses around right it's not it's not for the global internet uh, times yeah. at all <laughs> right and uh, i think uh, switzerland again has the better system because i think every year they have a new president from the council they yes. have seven person or something like that council and then every year somebody is the chairperson of that mm-hmm. council which which they call sort of mm-hmm. their president is more representative okay. in this way mm-hmm. because after i agree that in the global world five years is a lot and everything is much more fast and flexible than it was before yeah. but the problem is like when you are politic like you should have you have responsibility and you should assume it 
And the problem is whatever mistake you do, uh, whatever the, for example, the president will get his uh, salary for all his life after his mandate. Like Macron, if he's not re-elected, he will get his salary for all his life. Now he's done. Yeah, but you don't really think that that's but, the only money he's earning. No, 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 that's sure. But I want to say, like, it's, it's not taking his responsibility. Like, you cannot say, like, I'm not judging, like, he's doing a good job or bad job. No, I, it's not that. But it's like, at some point, they should have some institution to look at their job and to say what you are doing. Like, this is not good. So you engage your responsibility. Good for and, whom? That's always the because see um, most most countries have a situation where at least fifty percent of the people don't own any property. They are <laughs> they are the slaves of their countries. The, meaning they are being exploited just for their workforce. That's mm -hmm. it. Workforce. Yes. They are they are basically eating, shitting, sleeping uh, workhorses. Designates. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. So. Even though it sounds cruel, because every human being is a human being, right? On an on a bigger cooperative organizational level as a state, it's an in, it's an inevitable conclusion that somebody has to work for someone else, and that someone else is basically a parasite at some point. Because if you have a lot of a pyramidal system, right? Somebody is just a sycophant. Yeah, somebody is just pyramidal system is not is not working. This is not. It's, But in our society, is a pyramidal system. It's uh, very naive to think that uh, uh, the situation, even France... It's, it's not a pyramidal like you finish with only one people, like it's pyramidal, but okay? But Stephen, yes, it's, it's class. pyramidal. It's, it's with caste, okay, but not pyramidal like uh, you finish and you have one boss uh, no, no, at the, 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 the end. The principles, no. uh, it's okay. sort of like network marketing or multi-level marketing, right? The principle uh, is the same, that... So at some point there's a limit to how how much uh, the the lower lower tiers can actually do, but the upper tiers are just basically getting their passive income, get basically getting their power from from those people who are too busy just getting by, surviving. Right? Yeah, yeah, they mm. don't have the time to yeah to think, think about it, it. Yeah. because maybe you think that uh, okay. If you compare the working force level, quality of life in China and in France, you would think that, okay, we are not speaking about the same class. We are not speaking about the same people. Because in France, the working class, the work, the people that, as we said, their purpose is life is surviving, getting by, they have many more rights than, for example, in China. They have a quality of life that is much better. But if you think about their purpose and what the system wants them to do, is the same. Work, being busy, surviving, and that's all. So I think also is the reason why... Mm, It's kind of uh, also very difficult to leave your class because if you come from a low class, you are too busy surviving to think about anything else. You are too busy with concrete needs that you don't really have the time, the moment, the way to, to think about something else. Yeah, it's difficult and the social psychology aspect of it as well because even if you would want to actually change something and, and you would do the work to get it done, you would be out of sort of 
um, outcast. Yeah, sort of outcast from your your circle, right? Yes, you are yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, you are different. And no so sense. people from your circle, they would say, "Ah, yes, but you see now we believing to be." Him. Too much. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's a fucked up system because uh, it's made for you to stay where you're born. That's all. Well, there are examples, of course, and actually people can uh, at least try. Right? At least try. But yeah, it's after not- you sacrifice over aspect of your life. It, it's uh, uh, there. There was a sort of saying that everyone can win at the lottery but not all mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> yes. it's not a egalitarian <laughs> system you see even if uh, they make you a lot of promises uh, about uh, uh, equal rights uh, oh, oh, one, one second i don't know the word in english okay you can have uh, equal right but if you don't come from the same place even if you have this equal right it's not impacting on the same way mm-hmm. so for example the law the law basically is the same for everyone but this same nixon, law nixon had a famous saying right because the watergate scandal wasn't about him actually getting uh, to spy on any, anybody the watergate scandal for was that There was, uh, they found some uh, spying devices in the Watergate hotel and Nixon had denied ever knowing anything related to that type of situation. But then it turned out that Nixon had uh, spying devices in the White House, right? Mm-hmm. And so unrelated, just unrelated. But mm-hmm. then they get got the t- transcripts from those listening devices and it turned out that he had some knowledge about some type of aspects regarding that. So... The impeachment wasn't about him ordering somebody to spy on somebody in the Watergate Hotel. The impeachment was about him actually knowing something and, about, and denying about yeah. it, right? And then uh, the media finding out that he actually knew something about it. So he basically, they basically caught him lying, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was a big no-no for that time to actually, because afterwards, I mean, Bill Clinton was the most famous liar of all. Right, but it was no big deal. Twenty mm-hmm. years later, it, yeah. people got used to such things. Right, but uh, at that time, and he had some interviews with Nixon, and he said, "If a, if the president does it, it's not illegal." <laughs> and, yeah. and but that's but that's really uh, I I really liked the film yeah. uh, Vice. Yeah, Vice. Vice. They are doing really no, great. No film. Uh, Oh no, yeah, you mean the channel, right? Yeah, yeah the, the channel. channel. Yeah, are doing it's, really it's, it's good, good documentaries. Yeah, yes. it's good. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, there was a, a film, a movie, I think in 2017 or 2018 called Vice, okay. and it was about Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney Dick was the uh, vice president when George Bush uh, Jr. was the president, uh, early 2000s mm-hmm. in in America, and so the film is called Vice, right? Because he was the vice president, president. but also Vice means um the vice yes it's like the, like like the character right when you do it uh, like something on your character. back yes yeah yeah vice is vice the same word. it's a bad a vis. habit the same thing no vice vice as in almost like a bad habit right yeah. for instance people who smoke say smoking ah vice yes smoking i is know a vice okay me, right? yeah. yeah so so it has a double meaning for that movie And it basically shows that, and uh, it, it's that um, the actor was uh, Christian Bale, right? So he's a top-notch actor, 
Christian Bale, who yeah, has, I don't Bale. know if he has won any Oscars, but she definitely should. He's he's one of the best Hollywood actors okay. ever, right? And uh, you definitely know know him, have seen him, I and think. and uh, yeah. So so basically, the point is this: Dick Cheney, as vice president, was actually in command of most of the things. George Bush was just some type of Pictures. deuce, right? Just mm-hmm. yeah, for pictures. <laughs> And um, at one point, they started to actually introduce the war on terror, right? And and then they started bringing out their legal concepts about what the president can and cannot do. And that was the point where they said, well, our theory is this. And they just laid it out that the president has more power than anybody expected, right? And so, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody went along with it. Mm-hmm. But they just made basically made it up on the spot right and made it sound really academic right so this is the theory of presidential yeah and that is the thing it's carry with uh, what we lived in uh, with covid situation that they they did uh, things they make it like uh, an habit and now people they are used to to, uh, a bit of totality a bit of authority and little by little And I think After you don't know what, I, how it's going. And I honestly like, think it was a test, which, yes, which the yes. society at some point failed. You, you, you have to, to put a limit at your... Because everybody, everybody thought, oh no, the French will get another revolution. They won't, they they won't allow don't. it. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, now, we, now we, we are not in the, in the 18th century yeah, yeah, when we cut the head of uh, the king. Like, it, pff, yeah, France. yeah. yeah. There are lots. I'm yes, telling you, man, it's the smartphones. We are just yeah. too. We are. We are. We are too do- <laughs> dopamine. Yeah. Dopamine driven nowadays. No, that's true. It's, like, the, it's the smartphones, man. Friends, in my opinion, I, I don't feel like a revolutionary spirit in French no. anymore. Like, no. No. actually, in Latvia, we had the protests for for our historical uh, context, quite big ones, and and I knew a lot of people said, so, "Yeah, seems like we're getting something. We're getting," and then nothing. No. no, because just, uh, and yeah. the the truth it's like it's it's not easy to get what you want uh, what way you want because like for the gilet jaune it's been like uh, one year in France every Saturday going manifesting and oh, everything the best. and uh, I, think, I think the best think ones were nothing. Texas and Florida, Texas Texas in America Texas and Florida they they made it uh, 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 actually the other way around they made it. Um, If uh, Europe, for instance, and all the different states in America made it mandatory to have the vaccine certificate and all these things, right? Crazy mm-hmm. situations in Texas and Florida, they made it illegal to ask for them. So, and uh, and uh, I think it was in Florida where, where they said, if any business or any employer asks their employees to be mandated for, for the COVID vaccine, he'll get fined $5,000. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For one thing, right? Because yeah. because uh, yeah. in Latvia, at Latvia, in Latvia, at least one hundred thousand people uh, got uh, laid off not for not getting the COVID vaccine. 
I mean, in Latvia, where yeah. we have a shortage of I don't know how many people, right? It's just mm -hmm. it's just crazy to even think in theory, but it wasn't practiced. Was, and mm -hmm. uh, we thought, all right, there will be massive protests. No. But no, people just left the country left and right how they could. Yeah. Right? And it's just, yeah, it's just one of the saddest moments. In but history. now in Latvia, to go to restaurant, you need to show the test, no? No, 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 not after, I think, uh, not after, uh, I think a month or so, uh, they relaxed. Okay, the, because days. today we went to a restaurant and they asked us for the test. I guess they have the option to do so. Okay, so depending. Before that it was mandatory, but now depending I think the they place. just left the, the option. The, the option, business wants to do option. That. Ah, so okay. maybe well, we just uh, found a strict uh, business owner. And, uh, I think, but I think most for, for most businesses where you have some food, uh, it's just that uh, for sitting, you would have to show the certificate yes. the for taking it out. Not yes, we wanted like to sit. It's to sit inside. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we wanted to sit inside. Yeah. And when we went for sitting, we showed our recovery pass because we had COVID. And they said, no, it should be the vaccine. <laughs> and me, I was like, if I had COVID, we, how can I be vaccinated? It's a, it's a big shock because we, we went from Spain and in Spain, it's like it doesn't exist uh, yeah. Pass, green pass, uh, I don't know how you call it in Latvia. But vaccinal, vaccinal certificate. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist I mean, it exists, but they don't ask for it. Yeah. We it didn't have a big impact on the society. So people, they like, they put the mask, they're careful, it changed kind of the mentality, but in terms of law, it didn't, it didn't impact so much. And after we came here and they were like, ah, yes. Do you have the vaccine to sit in the restaurant? And, and we were like, and the passport to check <laughs> that is really you. They ask me for passport in restaurants. And then I was like, okay, so what is a police state? This one? Even the restaurant is asking me my passport. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was shocking because Ryanair, they didn't ask us anything. We just took the flight, very good, happy, enjoy your flight. And we came here and we only wanted to drink a tea inside. Mm -hmm. And they were asking us our vaccine, not and test, vaccine, and, and our passport. passport. <laughs> I mean, this guy, he has no right to know how, what is my name, where I'm born. Well, actually, yes. uh, they have the law made up that he has the right. Ah, he yeah. also no, has, yes. Because in Italy, <laughs> for privacy, the owner can ask you the certificate, the vaccine, yeah. but with only written your name and your surname. But he can't ask you to give you to give in an official document. So he should trust me that is really me. But yeah, in Latvia, they specifically made the law for that. That no, no, no. If you have, let's say, a shop, the shopkeeper. Can I ask you for your identity card and your yeah. passport? Oh my God, and the yeah. shopkeeper is the police now. I mean, yeah, with his law, he's abuse of power. He's a police state. Yeah, and, and if he doesn't do that, he'll get fined. Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. against everybody, they, they everybody spying on everybody. Yes. I yeah. mean, that's it. That's it. In Italy, I mean, 
The dad of my friend is not vaccinated and he's more than 50 years old. So for the law, he couldn't work. And he was like, okay, none of my colleagues is going to say anything. I need that money. They will be flexible. A colleague of him, he said, I know that you're more than 50. If you don't stay home, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to report you. So imagine the social tension that this situation Between created, yeah. the contrast, because this guy, he wasn't winning anything by doing it. He's not going to be fine if he doesn't do, but just for the pleasure to say, I'm uh, applying no the pleasure. law. There are some people who actually believed the story that if somebody is unvaccinated, he somehow poses a risk to a person who is vaccinated. Probably for this story, yeah. There, there, yeah. there were people mm-hmm. who believed that. Yeah. Still yeah. Do. yeah, they still, still do. do. Yeah. And it's incredible. Which is not a vaccine. Yeah. If, if, if not, you are vaccinated and being threatened by somebody who isn't vaccinated, it's not, it's vaccine. not a vaccine. And vaccine. they don't understand that it's much more safe to get texted than to have a vaccine because a lot of people who did the vaccine after they, they got COVID and because they were vaccinated, nobody was asking that's them what, That's test. what they have the booster for. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's booster, true. The booster. 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 Yeah, <laughs> that's boost. true. It's a booster. <laughs> but it's all for your health, people. It's just for your health. But it's nothing, not even nothing, a vaccine. Nothing, 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 nothing conspiratory here. No, no, no. They just want to make you more strong and to help you overcome this pandemic. That is the real problem of the world. So, yeah. yes, kind of. I mean, when I didn't want to get vaccinated and luckily I, I got COVID, everybody was like, I mean, you don't understand. You're putting everybody in danger if you don't get vaccinated. Yeah, because on, on the mainstream media, Yeah, they, sure. they put on me this kind of information and if you don't seek of uh, seek out for or alternative media on YouTube on because they are media, controlled now there is only get, one voice in Italy this. when they speak about also in France when they speak about COVID they only say the official stuff the government is saying yeah, same, it's yeah. like they take government information and they repeat it they with just, different yeah, words they, they just read the press release yes yeah. Yeah. they don't um, even change a bit of the sense and in all the Because it pays. Yeah, yeah it pays. pays. Look, luckily, um, now in, in France, I don't know if it exists in Latvia uh, as well. There are like um, alternative media. They are f- uh, independent and they live because there are people giving money to them to make <laughs> the enquête and make actually, it everything. Actually, a, a dude, uh, we did a podcast with him, I think a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. He's now since two weeks in jail for doing that yeah he, no, he is he's in a he's an alternative uh, wow. media person right and so we did a, a, an episode with him and he was still free then but uh yeah some weeks afterwards he got arrested so it's not kind of country or you can and, make alternative information but the allegation for him was the state police Well, the secret, I don't know how to, actually, they are the secret police in a sense, right? It's the state security. Yeah, police. security forces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they charged him with, um, what, what would be the translation for Defamation? that? Defamation? No, no, it's re- it was related to the Russian and Ukraine uh. conflict because uh, he said uh, some alternative stuff, what could be happening there and why it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he basically got the, charged with um, uh, denouncing some war crimes or something like that. 
Okay. Right? Just yeah, right we find a pretext. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because 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 he wasn't uh, saying, "Oh, Putin is great for doing it." Right? He's basically saying there's something fishy there, right? Mm-hmm. In general. Yeah. Right? And yeah, he's he's never still, mind. It's kind of liberty of he, expression. He's, he's arrested and he's waiting for for his trial. And I think uh, on the 25th they will uh, decide whether or not to keep him in jail until the until the court. But wow. he's not yeah. a dangerous he's, person for the society. The dude, no, the no, dude no. is a skinny <laughs> vegan, <laughs> right? Maybe, it's, maybe this is just make, he, he started out making just Facebook videos, yeah. right? Uh, Facebook videos, and then afterwards he got with uh, other people, and he just receives donations, and then he makes uh, the, like a show, like a regular weekly show. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, podcast. Okay. He's speaking about and so, and the so, yeah. news. Yeah, he he had he. He, every week he gained more and more followers and, and bigger, yeah. bigger audience, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, he's at least two weeks. I think in the start of March, March he wow. got arrested and yeah, he's still... So he shut him down. And yeah, it. yeah, he shut him down. Wow. And with him, at least three shows because he was helping also other people with their shows. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. He's, he was not only his show, but he's also actually cooperating uh-huh. with others. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- it's very scary because like... I imagine my situation like I inform myself only on alternative media and on media like I choose to watch and not on the mainstream media. And I imagine this situation like if I was living in in Latvia, like it's you want to have media, real real information, like it's really hard. I, th- to, I know a lot of people who just cannot believe that the state media could be lying or giving us false information. It's yeah. just it's it's just a really really yeah. uh, foreign uh, idea for them. Uh, it's mindset, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What can you do about it? I mean, if you if you didn't hear it on the news, it not, must not exist. That's, yeah, that's but this is happening yeah. everywhere. I mean, people they don't inform themselves. Well, I think I think uh, Ronald Reagan has the anecdote when he was talking about the Soviet Union, and he's basically saying. A Soviet uh, citizen is meeting an American citizen and the Soviet citizen is laughing at him for reading the newspaper and the American citizen is asking why. Well, in Soviet Russia, at least we know that what is written in the newspaper is totally rubbish. <laughs> in, a, in a sense <laughs> that, uh, yeah, we at least know that we what we are reading is total nonsense. Yeah, at least. It's why, like... In France, where people know they are the mainstream media, they are no good information because they don't trust the institution and which they know... Surpri- which is surprising that the culture doesn't really affect it because if anybody would be the big, big uh, protester, I would have guessed, yeah, France. France, with all, with all their inattentions, with all their history, with all their proud uh, establishments, I would have guessed, yeah, that, that France would be the, the last... Bastion to conquer for the. But nothing happened in practice. Well, I mean, France yeah. did have a lot of protests. Yes, right? yes, and I think the it's the yellow west and, and, and everything. Yeah, but not I, about I, COVID. No, not so no, much be, about COVID. Because it was it was uh, a new situation, mm-hmm. and people were were divided, and they didn't want to to manifest for something. Maybe uh, his grandmother. It's it's possibly dangerous for someone of his family, like. It's different context, but I think it's not finished. Like in one month, two months, if it's Macron or another one is keeping president and it doesn't work, it will continue because the French people are not uh, 
shut down. I think they are just in waiting, maybe organizing. They, I hope organizing. They But now themselves. they took off the restriction of COVID in France. Yeah, because the election is in is next month, and so he's trying to make a, a beautiful picture of his program and things. So he, he relax uh, everything. But in two months. It will change after the election. I don't so know. I don't know because if it's not on this on the sanitary uh, aspect, it will be on over aspect. Like you al already said, like uh, for the university next year, it will be like three uh, three three thousand euros for the uh, foreigners because before it was not free, but almost free even for the foreigners in France. Mm -hmm. But now you want to start for the foreigner. It's it's um, really high, and for the French people, you even have to pay a bit, mm -hmm. and it will start like this because it is it's his idea. I if he think it's work like this and he, it's good for the society like this, so it will not stop. It will continue, and I don't think the same. So we'll vote for another one, and I hope it will be another one. But if not, we will see how it's going in France. But I don't I. Hope there are, um, like, I still want to, I don't live in my country, but I st still like, um, have the spirit of French and I, and I hope uh, they don't let the, I see my, my country from outside is going, so in my opinion is not going well. And I hope in France they are the same uh, vision and they want to another thing now. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll have the answer. The last two years seemed that uh, from the European Union, only Sweden had a sort of sensible policy because people over there t said that you don't even have to wear masks, only in the public transport. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, no mandates for vaccines, nothing, just yeah. recommendations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't hear like uh, it was a, a big mess there. Or maybe they hide it because it uh, they don't. But I don't hear like it was a mess. And I think yeah, I agree. It was yeah. for the rest on the restriction. I not mean, so not so tight. Now that summer is coming in Italy, they took off for the restrictions because the tourists are coming. So we need uh, to be an appealing country for tourists, for Germans, uh, English to come and visit. So it was Wait like second, that. The Germans like to visit uh, Spain, Mallorca. Uh, like no, to visit totally. every, every they, country. Are, they like to visit everything. <laughs> every When you go, we, we love to go to camp or somewhere yes. to, in the countryside. And we every find time, all the time Germans German everywhere. Country. everywhere. <laughs> Germans or Dutch? Dutch and German. Dutch and German, but, yes. <laughs> and even when we went to Sicily backpacking, there were like Germans in camping mm -hmm. and it's very far Sicily from Germany. I mean, geographically, mm -hmm. it's very far, but still there are a lot. Mm. I think they kind of like to go on holiday and they like to go camping. It's funny because I've seen a lot of Italian people with campers in, Ita in Latvia. With campers in Latvia? Yeah, Italians? Yeah, with campers and... and uh, Because I noticed that because in Bausko, uh, the town where I'm from, uh, I, I was used to playing a lot of... Um, That's sort of a table game, not really like billiard, but it's a Latvian type of uh, game, a novus called, right? And we played it outside in, at my garage, 
and we have a church there. And every once in a while, uh, a particular Italian camper was stopping and then taking pictures of the church. <laughs> okay, I didn't know. I I know that also in Italy, many people, they like camper, like my parents, uh, they like to go with camper and camping, that's cool. But I didn't know they would come up to Latvia. All yeah, the... it was it was strange that yeah people would like to just you know take pictures of churches, but no, in Italy it's common. Yeah. People yeah. they like so much taking pictures of churches, like yeah. See, <laughs> <laughs> look another church also <laughs> updating the collection. <laughs> Actually, uh, what's what's the situation uh, when it comes to religion in Italy? Most of people are Catholics. Mm, yes, I mean. So, but uh, do the people still like the Pope? Mm, Italy and religion is a very complicated relation. Because, uh, I mean, it's complicated because still uh, in Italy, mm, the Italy church... has a lot of sinners. Yes. Also, also, but as, as every country, I think. But uh, because uh, mm, the Pope, the Church, is still has a lot of impact on the society. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that the majority of people are really believers. Because in young generation, I think this uh, attraction, this affection to the Church is getting lower and lower, unless people are interested. But uh, apart from what people think and what people want, uh, Church, Opportunity is still very powerful. So every time they want to approve a social reform of any kind, the church is making its voice uh, be heard. For example, we had a proposition for um, LGTB marriage and wasn't approved. And Not in Italy. No, no. It was now we have a civil union. That really? is, yeah, because they are trying to introduce it in Latvia. We had it was very difficult to get it. It kind of very difficult, but we had it. And after last year, they tried to approve a law against uh, transphobia because there are a lot of aggression. Damn, really in Italy? I would never guess. I thought I thought Italy is a really macho um, country. I mean, in Italy Ooh. there are Damn. two. Damn, I think it's Italy. The old you let me down. Italy. In my opinion, in the, of for not Italian in the old generation, yes, it's like this. But in the young, no. In, in the, the young, young no. no. No, it's not. You have the kind of macho country. That is true. There no, I think, is, no, I think Italians were always sexual freaks. I always <laughs> think that. I think I remember my father. He said he was traveling. Uh, I don't know in the sixties or something like that. And, and, and he was in Italy and says, yeah, those type of porn magazines I've never seen anywhere else. <laughs> right. And, and I think it's just, yeah, you have uh, the classic uh, example of Roman emperors having their orgies mm -hmm. right? And then mm -hmm. down the lane. But yeah, I would have never guessed that you would uh, even even with the new hipsters. I would have never guessed that Italy would uh, even allow a, de and, a debate about such things. No. Mm -hmm. seems, and now, just too like, a, a young boy that he wants to study, he will live alone and he doesn't have his mother to cook, to cook for him, to watch his things. So at some point he will have to unmacho. Yeah. To, he cannot be a macho doing his thing at home like uh, everyone. Like uh, it was like this, I think. Before, yeah. Because like my parents. It was all in the familial house and the 
mother or the, the wife will do the Everything. stuff of the house yeah. and the men will not. But now it's not only... It's changing. Yeah. I mean, there is this part of the society that is still like that. Very conservative, very traditional, very... The family is only one, dad, mom, children, that's all. But... There are a lot of realities. There are, in particular, in the cities, the young people, the new generation. They are European, you know? They listen to radio, to, they watch news on YouTube. They listen what is coming from outside, obviously. So, also in Italy, there is a strong debate on the rights of women, on the rights of LGBT people, on the rights of minorities and yes I think in my opinion there is more things to be done in comparison with other countries for example Spain where the law really protects a lot women LGBT people much more than in Italy but in Italy I see that the debate is very active but it seems to me yeah just strange that everybody uh, in, in each country they will have those type of civil union laws and stuff like that. Because, yeah, and in, uh, in Latvia, I think most of the people are just totally against it, not because they hate uh, gays, but they just don't, don't want to promote it. <laughs> but it's not a question for me as promotion. It's a question of uh, rights. The, the, the funny thing is, uh, I remember reading... Um, uh, technically, I guess that would be called memoirs. Of um, of a friend of uh, my grandfather, it was published in a book, and uh, my my grandfather was a communist, right? And he that friend who wrote the memoirs, he was a fascist. He was a he hated the Jews, <laughs> right? And uh, so it was a quite a funny relationship that they became friends, but they were both imprisoned at <laughs> the same time, so they just you know became friends that way. And he, he described him his uh, journey because he was imprisoned in many ways, in many years, in many ways in the, in the Soviet Union. And he described his um, camp life. And he was a doctor by trade. He, was, <laughs> he said, uh, because of the fact that I was uh, educated in France, I was considered a cultural person in, mm -hmm. in uh, the Soviet Union. Right? And so when he was imprisoned, he, he still got some type of benefits because he was a, a doctor, right? So, so he still uh, got to enjoy a little bit of uh, freedom, but he worked as a doctor in the camp, right? And it says, the curious thing about it is that many men, when they are imprisoned with other men, just like uh, start butt-fucking, right? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. he, he mentioned that the mo more curious thing was, even after the men were sort of got got out of the prison and started living together with their wives mm -hmm. then the wives started coming to me because their husbands wanted to uh, take them up the butt right because they got used to it do it yeah. right and because because he was a doctor so he always treated patients with uh you know with when when the sphincter is i don't know injured yeah. Yeah, right. no juju, yes, okay. So yeah, so so he said, yeah, basically dudes will bone, whether whether it's with women or with men. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I don't think the laws are not it's like quite that. Quite famous in a, in like is a reputation in prison that it's like 
after a year of prison with men, with men, with men, you finish by having sex with a man. Like it's, I don't know, I never dying, but it's like, it's a kind of a stereotype in France. If you go to prison for five years after it's like <laughs> After you come out adaption. different. You adapt, you overcome. Yeah, you, you adapt. It fits true or stereotype, but it's... Yeah. I mean, I don't We know. That and uh, there's, there's a funny video on YouTube uh, in America. Uh, there was this dude, I think his nickname was a booty bandit. Booty bandit. <laughs> yeah, and he, uh, and he was describing how that uh, rape culture uh, comes about in, in American prisons. And he was... I know he probably was uh, sentenced for murder or something like that, right? Uh-huh. And she says, if I see and I like you, I'll come up to you and say, <laughs> and if you don't have a chance, I mean, if you, if you, if you start uh, arguing about it, I'll just, I'll just uh, beat you. Yeah. Well, it's probably it's working like that. <laughs> yeah. I think either him was called a booty bandit or just the gays in prison were called booty bandits. Okay. So in the, in their normal life, they have wives, girlfriends, everything. Once they're in prison, they just take effeminate uh, dudes and make their 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 wives. Yeah. And I remember, uh, I don't know how how the guy was named, but there was a, an American journalist. He was also in another prison, and he asked the dude, uh, "So what's the situation like?" And he said, "I have three wives in in this prison." <laughs> so, so the journal says, so you are gay. I'm not gay. <laughs> yeah. With a straight face. I'm not gay. No, they are my wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so. because, because for them, it's uh, maybe it's a shy to be a gay, but uh, it's util to, to have sex and to have a relation. So they used to say, it's my wife. Yeah. No, no, right. but see, see the, that's why I'm coming back with the promotional thing. There are curious people and there are more people, well, there can be people who are more willing to actually go that route because, all right, yeah, that's that's the way it's done. But right? for me, it's not so a question of pre- prom- promotion. I mean, I think, and even if more people, they want to go for it, okay. I don't see anything wrong about it because maybe it was like they felt it but because they couldn't see any representation in the society they were kind of okay no i'm not gonna do it because maybe i'm sick i'm the wrong one you are speaking about tolerance but if you make a certain topic a daily issue it's not about tolerance because i've never seen somebody well i've seen maybe a few ones But other than that, nobody is really coming out and saying, well, we should actually put all the gays in jail. And no, they're just saying, come on, what you are doing in your home is your thing, right? Mm -hmm. But don't put it, don't program our children. Don't. But it's not about programming. Don't make it in a public place. No, that's that's, just, it's just speaking about reality. I mean, it's for me. No, it's not because the percentages of uh, born gays are so low. It shouldn't be an issue for the majority of people. But it's not an issue for the majority. I think it's the moment we should admit that uh, the identity, like man, woman, 
so rigid it's not so actual anymore there are so many people that they don't feel <laughs> well, represented think about, think, about, think about it this way once mobilization comes for the war i think there will be a lot of women who would, would like to be viewed as women right it's not it's not about uh, whether or not there will be some type of gender equality for uh, getting killed but it's not about i mean it's not about it it's just uh, how you feel, how you feel with yourself and how you want yourself to be represented. Here's, here's the thing. There's, I don't, I remember the author, but there was an Asian author in America who wrote a book about transgenderism in uh, teenage girls. And she said, uh, you could actually statistically pinpoint the doctor's appointments and all this medical data statistics to certain aspects of the media or certain topics being in the news. And, and uh, she said, it's totally out of the question whether or not it's uh, a random chance. This is not by random chance that all of a sudden at this point in time, in this region, all of a sudden, like uh, 20% of the 12 year olds thought, oh, they are actually the opposite gender. It's, she said it's statistically impossible that that is by chance. Mm -hmm. It's just all. But maybe, but yes, you're and, right. And she, she brings it back to mental health. Mm, I don't agree. I mean, I don't think that the purpose is to understand why people do it, why people, they feel like that. No, I no, think it, it is because... Uh, for you, me, it's cause, not. Because you, you could be meeting a pedophile and then it's pretty pretty straightforward. He will say he's born that way. And he might be right. Yeah, but we are not speaking about pedophile. No, we, are we are speaking speaking about sexual interests. And yes, sexuality is something that affects other people, not just you. Yes, but we're speaking about people, adult people, that they take decision consensually and they're not uh, abusing yes, and any yeah, people, and right? Yeah, and that's why they are always speaking about what you do as consensual adults in your home is one thing but what you promote for the children is another but for me these laws are not pro promotion there is nothing to see about uh, promotion well, te well technically uh, I've heard I'm not I'm not sure but I've heard that in even in Latvian schools they make a week in uh, for instance in the fifth or sixth class for boys to come dressed as girls so you so you experience the other side uh, but I don't know about his activities. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know about... Acceptance week or something like that. I don't know about it. I'm just saying that if you put a law to... If you put a law to sustain a part of the society that historically, culturally, is more weak because uh, they had many more problems to be integrated in the society than ma the mainstream model. Because as you said, probably they're a minority. Not, politically speaking, uh, it's not really true. I'm not right. politically. I'm speaking about uh, the injustice they suffered and uh, the um, prejudice they had because it's much more easy to be hetero than to be homosexual. It's much more easy to, to say I'm with my boyfriend than to say I'm with my girlfriend if I'm a woman. No, so, no, for women, I think it's pretty easy. Ma, I girlfriend. don't know. For men, let's say, it's much more easy to say I'm with my girlfriend than to say I'm with my boyfriend. 
So for this reason, they suffered prejudice and injustice. And if someone is together, let's say many years together, even if they are from the same sex, it's good to give everybody the same right. So if I die and I'm with my girlfriend, uh, it's, it's right that what I have, the belongings I have, they go to my girlfriend, not to some random people of my family that yeah. was never with here's me. A, here's the thing. You can make a testament any day, any day. Yeah, but this is only an example. It's just a question of giving everybody, every member of the society, the same level and the same representation. Because for me, even if these people are a minority, they're real. You can't just say they're not there or we don't speak about them because we are worried that if we speak like them about them, more people, they will be like them. Because oh, no, no, that's the, no. The point about this is not about whether or not you speak about it. Again, nobody is denying the existence of them. It's a matter of what is the tolerance level for nonsense. And what I mean by that is if you look on YouTube, you can find, uh, I don't remember if they were called Communist Conference or something like that, the World Communist Conference or something like that. And you will see uh, what I mean by nonsense. At one point, they are coming together to actually hail Marx and all, all of these things, right? Because uh, they are young people most of the time. Young people. And then somebody's playing, can we please not applaud? It offends me. Let's just start doing this, right? And, and people accept it, right? All right, let's just do this, right? And there were several other uh, uh, requests that they, that they actually conformed to, right? And this it is really, truly silly. It is just really silly. And every intellectual, every academic debate starts with what I might about to say might not be comfortable for you, but it is what I think, what is what I believe. Now we can have a discussion and with whether or not we agree, it's a matter of our discussion. But it's not my point to to appease everybody. It's not because other than that, it's it's impossible to get a debate, right? You have, to be to be constructive, you have to risk being offensive or at least mm -hmm. being a little bit abrusive. Right, so mm -hmm. it's a matter of it's a matter of the level, the limit, and and uh, this type of ideology, which says, all right, everybody has to be progressive, they don't have it. And uh, one of the best uh, books about it is called the Born Red. The Born Red. Born Red. It was uh, written by a Chinese dissident. He was uh, living in China during the Chinese Cultural Revolution, mm -hmm. right? And uh, Mao basically was dying at that point. I mean, he was. it was basically his last 10 years. Mao was pretty ill. But still, the Cultural Revolution said, or uh, enough with this old nonsense, we are progressive, right? And the, the funny thing is, he, he describes the, the fact that it started off with the people who were actually campaigning for the West, who, who said, yeah, the West has better something and they have better culture or technology, whatever, right? Those were the first ones who got jailed or shot, right? Mm -hmm. But then it started to become to to the a point where you got arrested for not not uh, hailing enough Mao or hailing enough or or in uh, mm -hmm. the Cultural Revolution, 
right? So, so that at one uh, at some point it got to the point where everybody was just suspicious of everybody, and everybody thought everybody else is just a spy, and everybody wanted to cut each other's throats because it started off with yeah, you wanted to bring in the West, we we arrested you, but it got to the point where. Why did you only twice this this day uh, say that Mao is great, right? You should have said every yeah. ten minutes, for example. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you have you have you heard of the story? I don't I don't know if it was, um, yeah, it might have been even Romania, but there was a com- communist party event. I don't know if Stalin was there, but uh, a big time communist party member was there. It was a conference, and then he gave a speech. And then they applauded, and at one point they didn't know who will be the first to stop applauding. <laughs> and then, so and, and then after four hours, somebody, some, somebody just collapsed. <laughs> and it's a true story. It's not, it's no, not like no, made up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ideology. After is, four is hours a, of applauding, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ideology is a real thing, and the 20th century showed that. Even progressive thing because uh, here's the funny thing: Lenin was progressive in theory, right? And there, there's the there's the story of um, the I think she was an anarchist in America. She got exiled from America. She came to the Soviet Union mm-hmm. and she thought, "All right, this is the the workers' revolution. This is the place where we actually make it happen, right?" So she mm-hmm. met Lenin, but before that, she got. Uh, toward the Soviet Union and she saw that people got jailed, shot with no courts, right? <laughs> it was just, and she met Lenin and said, what's happening? This is not what we what we fought for, right? And and Lenin said, well, we cannot, uh, we cannot uh, give our attention to these negligent things, right? We need to move on. <laughs> yeah, to progress. And so, and so yeah. that, that's why there's a saying, revolution eats its uh, kids. It's kids. It's kids. It's children. Ah, yes. Revolution will lead its children. And so that's that's the thing. Uh, There's always been uh, different sexualities, but there's always also been the tight grip on whether or not something is uh, meant for procreating and creating the the society, meaning increasing its number, increasing its potential, or, or maybe not, right? And nobody has denied that. But always societies have wanted to keep a sort of a distance, right? Because, yeah, you know that yeah. it is happening. But let's just not really yeah. discuss it that much because it's no use. To avoid demographic issue. And I don't know if it's true or not true, but I think it's, it's for... Mm, for religious in some country because it's like in Italy it was like for the it was inimaginable for for the Christianism to imagine like two two men or two girls uh, together and after it's I think yeah maybe there are some people that are scared of democratic issue and that if uh, half of the, the people of the world are gay after they will know that um, the following generation and the society can increase its potential. Technically, you could actually put all the discussions aside by making real experiments, but they would be against human rights. Yes, mm. yes. And I think we shouldn't do because we are a bit human, no? In any case... Well, look at, look at what's happening probably in some type of China or other countries or North Korea, right? Yeah. They, 
Avec I believe that apart from uh, any kind of discussion about demography, about religion, about uh, what was in history, everybody should be able to express himself and to decide what, uh, what he doesn't want to be. So the state is a representative state. The state shouldn't be there to decide for you either if you can be yourself or either if you can't be yourself. Oh, all right. I, I think I get to your point. But then again, what I'm, what I'm saying is this. You have a society. It's made up of different sexualities, different genders, whatever. Right. But you can actually, if you want to, you can actually take the society's needs in general and have criteria about what's more pressing. For instance, If you have uh, bad drinking water, right? So it affects basically the whole population. So 100% importance, right? All right, now this topic, education. It affects, let's say, people from, I don't know, let's say 10 years old till 25 years old. All right, it's statistically 30% of our population, right? It doesn't affect the pensioners. It doesn't affect the small, small babies, right? And so down the list you go and you say, all right, these are all relevant issues and they affect so much people so in in percent per percentage wise right and then you see all right how many resources you have how many options you have how many time how much time you have all those things and now you divide how you will address each one of them what i'm saying is this the topic of equality for sexual minorities is somewhere in the 20th or position maybe for most countries, mm -hmm. and, right? So if you give almost 60% attention to the 20th point, my question is, so what's happening with the 19 before that, yeah. right? Are they all accomplished? No, all I don't all? think it's giving 60% uh, important. It's just approving laws that can be necessary. That's all. See, see policy making is public debate. Right. If you if you have a, I don't know how many. Let's say four hours in a day for, for translating for for uh, having news reports discussions. This is not the priority in the news in Italy. I can be sure. I can tell you the debate about the right of LGBT people was never the priority in the debate in Italy. Was never the priority in television. Was never the priority in the newspaper. If there is this movement, is a movement that is coming from down. It's coming from the same people that they are asking for yeah. right from themselves. It's not coming from down. Uh, Latvia, for instance, has at least three NGOs. They are either sponsored by the Soros Foundation or American, uh, some other foundation, but from America. Right. I don't know the case of Latvia. So I'm speaking so about what happened in Italy and how this uh, movement uh, born. But they have they have <laughs> pretty similar models. I don't know about the Mostly model. It's, it's an NGO that's sponsored by broad agencies, and the thing is, they make the policy, they make the think tanks, and they make the whole initiative work. I mean, in a sense, that, because. Here's the thing, there are people who would like to be to see something, right? But they are yeah. not really adept. They don't have the finances, they don't know the whereabouts. So then you have the infrastructure with the NGOs yeah. that they are sponsored 
that they have some uh, knowledge from abroad. Maybe mm -hmm. they did it in America, so they can trans transfer the knowledge, experience. And so that is that, that is actually a coordinated effort. I don't know if really you, from, you know, I mean, I don't know, probably, I don't know if they took the idea from abroad, but what I know is like there was this social problem. People that were concerned, they start uh, getting together. They start speaking to each other to get together in association and every maybe city has an association. So they start speaking about it in, in a regional level, in a national level and they made uh, their voice heard. But this topic was never the priority in the TV, in the news, in any kind of public context. You know about it if you really want to be informed, if you follow the debate, if you check on internet, if you check on YouTube, if you keep informed. But for answer to your previous question, it didn't take the public debate. The other 19, oh, they was, didn't lose any space because yeah, this, is a, yeah, this is a minority topic. As is, you said, being a minority topic, the majority is not concerned. And is also the reason why the, the law against transphobia wasn't approved because there are still a lot of prejudice and the majority doesn't feel, uh, doesn't feel concerned. So they said, okay, it's not my problem. These people are sick. They should go to psychologists, to psychiatric, to get cured. Not my business. So is to say that is, is a movement that is born in the people, between the people that are having these problems and they're trying to find support. That's all. Mm. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm saying the proportionality, because you mentioned yourself the issue when it comes to vaccinated and unvaccinated COVID people, right? Imagine the scenario where one vaccinated person can say for 19 other unvaccinated persons, you need to wear a mask because I feel threatened by you. It would be unproportional in our legal system. It seems to, that it's pretty clear if for whole Europe that to say, all right, the propor proportionality is what matters for most people, right? And so we discuss the certain restrictions according to what most people need and what is beneficial yeah. to the most majority. Like that, you make a strategy and you optimize your your decision and you make uh, the first the decision with the biggest uh, with the bigger impact and then the over one and think like in country maybe france Italy, the lgbt law was vote because it was like a, a problem a bit more upper than maybe in the situation in latvia or in other country and it's and maybe more people were willing willing to and advocating for it and it's why well, you're it's a bigger country. Uh, that's one thing. Yeah, yeah. That's but, we're, but we do. I mean, they tried it for the past 10 years in three different ways to have the civil union law in different forms, different uh, names. Uh, and now they are trying in the third time. So it's it's all over Europe. That's not that's not really a national thing at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe uh, in Italy. I mean, it was approved only a few years ago, so it's not something uh, very old. But still, many other things they weren't approved. So it's kind of depending. Uh, uh, and the opinion is much depending. Uh, 
on the people, I think. And also inside the parliament, I see there are very different point of view on uh, how to how to see and how to deal uh, with the situation yeah that's what would what, what you expect from a parliament yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's true but uh, when i think uh, we are speaking about uh, human rights i would like to see more solidarity because when they tried to approve the law against transphobia it wasn't a law promoting uh, being trans it was just a law that he was uh, proposing to punish people that uh, they attack they kill they insult people see, for being see, trans yeah, that's, the, that's the weird thing because there's a whole different uh, aspect when it comes to human rights and then giving it a distinction to certain uh, actions because if you are human let's say you are transgender but you're human clearly right the law already protects you from uh, any type of uh, violation Aggression. of your rights and if it was a hate crime meaning that it was fueled by the fact that you are transgender it would mean just that the offense is more pun is being punished with more with a severe uh, more severe uh, punishment that's it because every criminal code in europe has basically the same structure so if you beat a person you get for instance one year if you beat a person because you were angered by his statement you get two years if you beat a person because he was a sexual orientation you get three years or any other type of quali qualified uh, aspect right mm -hmm. it just gets more punished yes right? so, yes. so, so imagine so imagine that you would need a certain another type of punishment if it's specifically uh. transgender meaning before you beat somebody you need to make sure if he's a transgender or not right so we, we, but we can this make is, sure this is not you. the point this is just to say that there are eight crimes motivated on sexual orientation. I give you an example. The In hate crime is already. Yeah, but a many times it's not enough punished because in Italy, not raping is not. Like a crime. No. Because in Italy, for example, there was uh, um, raping. Raping always been a crime. Okay, obviously. But before, raping was a crime against moral. So he was punished, but the person who was raping someone else, he would go to jail for maybe only one year or two years. So because it was a crime, as you said, it was always a crime, but against moral. As being human being, this person that was raped, uh, he would see his aggressor in prison. Very true. She was protected, great. But only two years. I mean, by this crime, it could destroy her life and the same amount of time a thief that would steal something in a supermarket would stay in prison. It's not comparable. So they change it because the feminist movement, he said, is not enough, is a big challenge, is horrible, is not normal, and now is, I don't know, 10 years. So it's like, okay, he was already punished before, but mm. probably before he wasn't punished enough to make the difference with other crimes that mm. are not at the same level. Yeah, but see, that's the, that's the point I'm making. It's... When you have a hate crime, usually the penal code would say, 
you get punished from two years to 10 years. So the eight years difference would be according to the judge's yes. decision. So what happened? Oh, it was so such all, oh, so it aggravates, right? And so, yeah, yeah, in this case, you need the full 10 years, right? But in other cases, you give it two years. So, but usually the penal code is pretty structured like that. Yeah, it's, it's structured it's, like and, that. And like raping um, a woman or raping a, a gay or raping a trans, it's the it's same thing. Rape. Like it, you should, it's still yeah. rape and you sh it's still yeah, the same. Like you, don't that. Make, you don't make a, a rules like you take seven when it's trans, you take <laughs> ten when it's a girl, you take... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but you, you don't, same, rape, you don't understand rape. the point. Yeah, no, you don't rape, understand the point. No, the point is point that is made for an eight reason. So the reason be behind it is discrimination. Moreover than being because this person is mean, you want to do bad to people, he did it on top of it out of discrimination and prejudice. Yeah, it's an so aggravating it's circumstance. even worse yeah, but it's for just me. A, yeah, but it's just an aggravating circumstance. That's it. Yes, That's for me, it's right. I mean, if you think that uh, everybody no. should be punished the same, okay, that is your point. But no, for me, it's not no, like that. No, Punishment is not the same as the offense. The offense is the same. Punishment is according to the individual circumstances. You have, punish you have a punishable crime, rape, rape but the punishment is according to what happened and against whom and under what circumstances and those are different yes so the penal code says for the crime of rape you can be punished between two years to 15 years in jail and you never know which you will get only after the judge and see the As whole the picture and what did you do against whom and on what circumstances will he decide whether yes. you get more to the two years or more to the 15 years but you don't need another another norm in the legal code saying well if it's rape against such and such a particular person it doesn't make a difference the same the rape is a crime any type of rape is a crime it's, yes what makes the difference it's more the circumstance like the violence it was used or the the way he, he for raped, me uh, the for me there is the, the difference is also the motivation what motivates the crime and for me this is the point it's an aggravating circumstance under the punishment yes rules, yeah. and for me is i agree with it i think if there is a prejudice against this person that is motivated it for me is even worse yeah but that's what that's that's the point i'm trying to make human rights of any sexual minority cannot be violated any less punishable than other people that's the the fact that they are demanding certain specific rules for them as sexual minorities makes it discriminatory in and of itself because if you say you cannot beat a human being, you don't need to say in another sentence, and you especially cannot beat if he's a transgender, right? It doesn't make a, any logical sense. I think the purpose... You take that into account only when you do the punishing. That's what the legal system yes, is for. Yes, I think the purpose of this law is to uh, overprotect maybe some people that are more vulnerable. It's, it's, it's called virtue signaling. 
Sorry? It's called virtue signaling. It meaning that there, there's a certain type of aspect in being virtuous and signaling your virtuousness, meaning that you are a little bit holier, meaning more important, because if you have a special special regulation for yourself, meaning you are more important. But I don't think because you are more important. I just think because uh, in uh, towards these minorities, towards this group, uh, is where you can find more violence. So it's more, much more likely for a woman to be beaten by her husband than for a man to be beaten by his wife. That is reality. And is much more... Uh, much more... And the criminal code what does what say? You can be punished for beating your spouse. Not your husband. This yeah, but it's not... Yeah, what I was saying is that for trans people is much more... Uh, is much more likely to be uh, victims of violence. That, yeah, that doesn't change that already the pr law protects them as humans. See? Yes, but I think what they wanted to do with this law, the, the people who wrote this law, it was to try to protect these people even a bit more because they are more exposed. And I agree with you that from a logic point of view, being a human being, as we said, you should be already protected. But when it comes to reality, when it comes to statistics, when it comes to life of people, it's more likely for a trans person to be aggressed in the street that to a person that is not trans. So I think that this law, what you wanted to do was underlining, underlining in the face of the judges, these, um, these, these, how can I say, these difficulty. That's all. What I'm, what I'm saying is this, uh, men have probably at least 90% a bigger chance to die in their work. Because most men, uh, most dangerous uh, occupations are filled by men, mm. right? But work safety requirements do not specify whether or not you're a man or a woman, right? Even though statistically speaking, more men die in their work than women. The law just says you need to be careful at your work. That's it. And if, if your employer doesn't, you provi doesn't provide you with your needed uh, supplies for work safety, he is liable, right? But it doesn't make the distinction. Was it a man? Was it a woman? Yeah, but See? it's not... Even though statistically, there will be a higher majority of the It's dying not people what I'm saying. Men. Me, I'm not speaking about statistics. I'm only saying no, that uh, in this uh, context, I think that the law only want to uh, underline the vulnerability the, yeah, yeah, yeah. of a collective. Thing. Here's the thing. Me, as a lawyer, I see the, the legal process a little bit differently. So, and that, that the reason why I say that distinction is because the law is meant to be changed only in real, real um, major ways, right? It's, it's not meant to be a, an essay where you can just redact something and make it even though it's becoming in practical ways mm -hmm. many times, like it's, it's it isn't supposed to be the way. A law should be something fundamentally planned out, right? And when it comes to penal regulation and criminal regulation, most of the time it is. 
most of the time the original versions are planned out uh, that you can apply them to any so it's, it's so universal that you can apply them to almost any situation and you can take those uh, aggravating circumstances into account by giving them the the uh, the, uh, the offender a bigger punishment right that's mm -hmm. the that's the whole point of it mm -hmm. so so when it comes to those virtual signaling politicians most of the time they have no real background in the legal field most of the time there are uh, i've met in latvia for instance i've met some type of people who have studied communication uh who have studied i think also a little bit uh, journalism but they have a real real uh, bad understanding of the legal system on what it's supposed to do in, in a society so they so they apply their logic when it comes to twitter to the same process in a legal procedure, right? Which is not the same. So they think everything is so easy to change yes. as to write yes. a and tweet. Yes, and, and, yeah. and what happened in Latvia was a few years back, uh, a gay person was uh, burnt alive, right? The next day, uh, the progressive party introduced a regulation to actually punish specifically for the violence against gays few weeks after that turned out he wasn't uh, an, an, a victim of uh, any violation the dude just killed himself it was suicide yeah it was suicide right and it turned out no aggression whatsoever nobody suspected anything it was just a weird something happened but nobody there was no violence against him no aggression from his peers nothing but it got uh, found out later but the next day, the Progressive Party just made a legal, legal, legal uh, change. Well, they introduced the legislation bill, to, right? So they wanted to make it a law. And, well, just because the law isn't being made in one day, right? They still had the, the issue of getting it past certain uh, mm -hmm. steps, right? Mm -hmm. And then they found out what happened, actually, in the, those, that particular case. And, and the law wasn't... Uh, wasn't wasn't uh, approved, right? But they wanted to. It's so bad because oh, look at this, look at this. So, yeah. See, they didn't. Wait I mean, for uh, the many times uh, the law and his initiative they respond to something, an event in the society. They it's just virtue uh, signaling. That's the thing. You want to be virtuous. You want to be the good guy. You want to be the one who is actually interested and and protective, right? But the thing is. There are certain things that should be actually increased or or improved in their application, not in their theory, right? Mm -hmm. The theory is already there. It's just whether or not in practical terms it's being applied as it should be. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, I think that in the case of Italy, practically is not so is not so applied. And I think this is the problem and the thing that the trans LGBT movement is asking for. is asking for more protection, is asking for more understanding from the part of the police, from when they go to report to be listened, to being taken seriously. So I think, I mean, also the purpose of this law was a bit to wake up also the justice system on these topics just to say okay just keep 
instead of one eye open, two eyes open, even if, uh, as we said, it's obvious that the law was already there. But many times the application is not like that because even women, many women, they go to report to the police that they were uh, raped, they were beaten, and the police, uh, I don't know, is it laughing, but in Italy we have a lot of reported cases that they don't take them seriously or they kind of say, I, it was your fault, why you were out at this time in the night so it's like i remember talking to an attorney a colleague well he he was my student colleague essentially and uh in um the university and he said to me because latvia has a law because uh, if you have if you are a rape victim you get compensated Mm -hmm. and he he says yeah well i had this case my client uh, he was accused of raping this uh, woman and basically, at one point, we, we confronted the, the whole situation and what happened. She was, she was basically saying, well, I talked to such and such. And she said, if I, if I make the accusation that I was raped, I will get some money. Right. It turned out he wasn't he wasn't a raper. She just made the allegation to get the compensation. Right. And she admitted it afterwards because she was just pretty much out for money at that point right and it's and the attorney dude said i was just speechless yeah. i was just speechless afterwards because you you would think that other people think almost as you right that they have the same type of value systems and they wouldn't make a, such a big allegation just out of pure money greed right which is like yeah man it's crazy i think there are both aspects and the, the objective is to form into to yeah, to form the the personnel, uh, for example, in the police, to and to make to take a report properly, normally without changing, and after saying, okay, th- we make an enquête. This is true. This is not. But we make his job normally in both cases. That is in the case of it, the woman of the man is right or the man of the woman is lying. He has to do his job. And in, with and no in, judgment, making this nest and and in Europe, the biggest problem, as far as I, the biggest common problem, is with uh, childcare, because uh, the the principle is if if it's even only an allegation that turns out to be untrue, uh, probably the father will lose custody. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And that's technically also discriminatory, right? But again, well. Socially speaking, psychologically speaking, uh, men have less value in a society. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's that. No. The reason why it's always save the children and the women is because those the children are the future. The women are the bearers of children, right? The guys are the ones who can be sent off to war to be killed. But I don't think it's like that. I mean, in my point of view, it's not like that. Historically, yeah. Maybe historically, but I don't think that (laughs) now is like that. Well, think about the remnants of your uh, country, especially because ancient Rome is is your originator, right? And yours is, well, technically Napoleon could be considered your originator. Because before that, you had a monarchy. You have you have oh, different yeah. types of uh, weird in, inbreeds. Yeah, long time ago. But now it's a republic since a while in France, I think. It's a republic since uh, uh, after 18, Napoleon. 18, 18, well, <laughs> see, the, the point was this: 
right? <laughs> then the French Revolution was uh, meant to be the f the freeing of society from uh, an autocratic. Yeah, but it didn't work because yeah, yeah, the one they, few, they, they, they later, took Napoleon the crowned himself yeah. emperor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the people they took the power. They didn't yeah, that's true. <laughs> respect so much the contract, but but you but still you actually yeah. you at least abolish the monarchy as a uh -huh. as an inheritory uh, system. Right, because because I mean Sweden has still the monarchy technically. Spain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spain. You have I different mean, different it. countries that still do have them mm -hmm. technically, right? Yeah, yeah, Spain, yeah. yes. And and it's it's about the inheritance because you were born into a system. You didn't create your system. No, no obviously, you, you just were born in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the question is, how was it made? And mostly, it was made with blood, a lot of blood, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Our history, like particular influence with uh, what we did in Africa and everything, like of course it was a lot and of blood always, and it was when some a lot of came, dark. Of the, the whole, the whole point. You came into a, into a territory. What you first did was kill all the men, or at least most of the men, mm -hmm. and enslave the women and children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was uh, throughout history. So maybe if. Our value it's based in, on that because we it's our history and we 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 born on it and we don't control that. We can still be be conscious of that and learn, observe a bit how we we used to to act in society and say, okay, maybe I'm doing it because I born here and there I I have this history. But sh should I really act like this? Uh, do I really want to act like this or I act like this because my society make me like this? And I think this is a choice and you can do it and you can change it and you don't have to. It's not because I'm French and I, uh, my ancestry colonized all Africa that I want to. I have the same dream. Like, uh, no, yes, I think uh, it's. It's in my blood, yes, maybe, but you can still uh, think differently and want different things than uh, what it was in the past. Mm -mm. And like, really, like, I'm not proud in saying, like, yes, I'm, if I go to Africa I will, or to Algeria, I will not saying, like, oh, yes, I'm French. No, I, no, because. This is my land. Like, no, no, you just shut up, you know, what, what it was before, and you hope that people don't make the, make the distinction between between what it was and what are French now and what it was before. And it's like, if I'm going to Algeria now, it's to visit, to tourists, to things, but it's not to colonize anymore. And I hope that it's understandable. Yeah, and it's but not to say, ah, oh, yes, here it was the land that we colonized, the potentialist no, in our world. No, no. That, I mean, the people that are proud of it in France, there are the all people of countryside, they miss power and big friends, like, I don't know. I can give you an example about Latvia. Latvia was colonized by the Germans, the Swedes, the Russians in several several centuries, uh, several <laughs> combinations. Now we are a part of the European Union. The biggest uh, controller of that union is Germany, mm -hmm. right? The biggest landowner of the biggest landowners come from uh, in Latvia come from Sweden and Scandinavia in general. Mm -hmm. And up till the, this this situation with Ukraine and, and Russia, most of the biggest transit exports and, and energy ex exports or imports, I should mm -hmm. say, came from Russia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
It's, I mean, did it's, history it's change or on. just rhymes? No, it's still, the going, game it's, of it's, power. it's still going on. But it's not, it's, I think it's different. Like maybe before it was the colonization, but the people were, were supporting the government. But I think like in France, when people watch uh, documentaries about what they are doing in Africa or what they are, how they are exploiting, exploiting them, like, me, I'm not supporting that. And I, if I, if, of course, I don't have any power and you don't choose what are doing your government, but yes. you can still support them and say like, you can take you well, you can be a terrorist if you want to, you can, you yeah. can blow up Macron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if, if maybe just moral, but I think it's important, it's still important because it's at some point, like the next generation will govern the, the country and it's not only like uh, I hope it's not it will not only be governed by rich rich they think like this they think we will colonize and exploiting over a country because mm-hmm. we want to get uh, but see, I hope see. it will change and they they will like think more about uh, how to not exploiting but to work together to grow both of them and not just I like, take your stuff to grow have me you, and have myself. Have you heard of the Stanford experiment? Stanford prison experiment. Stanford uh, may no. So, so the basic know. idea was in the I think in 90, 1970s, uh, U.S. Uh, I think MIT professor uh, during the summer holidays he got some uh, students mm-hmm. to play as sort of actors, right? Ah uh, so, yes, so somewhere yeah. prison, uh, prisoners, somewhere detainees, right? yeah. and uh, they wanted to make it for at least I think two weeks. But they had to stop it uh, after six days. For the cruelty. Because, because, yeah, the guards started to start really cruel things, right? And I remember watching the film, I think in 2015, they made a movie. Well, they have made several movies, but in 2015, I think there was another movie. And they used even the original footage at some t- parts, right? And they have also a part where they int- interview the most cruel guard or the mall, right? And so, mm-hmm. and what he says is pretty revealing. They asked him, why did you do so, so, so those things? Why did you, why did you start torture them? Mm-hmm. She, she was basically said, well, I thought at some point somebody would tell me to not do that anymore, but nobody did. So I, so I figured I can. Yeah, See, it's, it, they, it's a point what I was has, talking he about. He has no moral compass. Yeah, it, he needs someone in authority positions to uh, tell them what it, he can or yeah, cannot do. Yes. So think about it. This was one person. Think about it for a whole society. How many <laughs> such persons are there? Yeah, it's and what in what was, positions they are yeah. in. So if you have the authority position to tell somebody to do it or not to do it, it's fine. But if that person who says, well, nobody tell me I couldn't. Because I thought the, I the, could. It's what I was saying before. It's like the problem is the, the people they are governing, they don't have any, they don't care of the responsibility yeah, yeah, they what are. I wanted to say. And they don't have no one to check Yeah, but what I wanted to say is your moral, or. even though your moral compass is correct, your practical attitude should be, all right, I want some change. I want some improvement. Uh, first, what I need to do is to stop those idiots in getting there. So they cannot mess this up. I want people who think like me there, right? Who act no. like me. But no, but it's because there, there's a saying that uh, the biggest no. failure is when uh, when uh, the majority doesn't stop the, the cruel minority or something like that, Mm-mm. right? Because there are people who are ambitious and who are vicious. 
right? And if the majority are indifferent or passive, it means at some point they will wake up that they are on the tyrants. Yeah. That's All right, so it's getting late. Yes. <laughs> it was very interesting, but yeah. I'm like, oops, I'm falling asleep. All right. Because we traveled and for me it was a bit tiring to spend all day traveling. I hear you, I hear you. So time to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you for the podcast. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that you was really super interesting. Nice. I thought that the discussion would be 30 minutes and after we spoke about topics. Uh, that interesting, time. no? Well, yeah. I like It's, uh, to be honest, it's always interesting to speak to French and Italian people. I don't know why, but I think, I think your, your society, your cultures are actually really t well trained for, for speaking. For debating, I mean, in my country, we speak a lot in France as well. Yeah. That could be true. Yeah, no, it was very interesting. And actually I had the occasion to think about things I didn't think for so long and to maybe rethink some things I was believing so hard. And to get a new opinion from yeah. me that it's completely our, different. Our common uh, ground is uh, COVID is stupid. Yes. COVID policies are stupid. Yes. I mean, on that one, there is no problem. 